Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. during the game I didn't see it. Does that look alright? I don't know if you can see it. Oh yeah, I can show you how to do it from StreamYard so you haven't got to share your screen. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, so anyway, that was the little intro I was trying. I don't know if it works or not, but there you go. It was, it was, it was different. So, anyway, I'm Richard. Welcome back to my channel over and over and over again. Um, tonight it's going to be the third positive Arsenal podcast, and there's obviously a lot of positive things going on after the transfer window that we've had. So, um, it's going to be some good stuff. Um, if you're in the chat, if you've got any comments you want to make, add in. Just put some comments in the chat. We'll put them up and discuss that as well. Um, as you can see, I've got some uh, some great guests with me um, tonight. If we start with uh, with Paul, you all right, mate? How are you doing? You all right? Very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad at all. We seem to have got our sound issues out of the way, which uh, while we're a little bit late. Uh, we've also got Ryan, of course. Are you all right, mate, as well? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks. Thanks for the invite as well. No, no problem. It's always great to have you on. And uh, he's become a bit of a regular on the Positive podcast. Uh, Andrew's his third time in a row, actually. So he's got 100% yeah. record. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> honoured. Uh, 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 fantastic to be back on. So, yeah, thank you for inviting me. And you said you've got some great guests. You've got some great guests than me. So that's, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's mm. even better. <laughs> so uh, if we, we kind of get started. I mean, um, the first thing I really want to talk about was we started the season now with four Premier League games in, plus of course the uh, the Carabao Cup as well. Um, what have we sort of made of the start that we've? I know results wise have been pretty positive, but overall with the performances and stuff like that, what are your kind of thoughts so far on how things have gone? All things considered, if we start with you, Paul. What, what are your kind of thoughts so far the season as it started? I think if you take the results out of it, I think the um, uh, the performances. I think that Fulham game led us into a little bit of uh, false pretense, really. Uh, Fulham were, yeah, were awful yeah. that first game, and I think they they went quite a distance to make us look maybe better than we possibly were. Um, the West Ham game wasn't wasn't a great performance, but managed, obviously, to, to scrape a few, a 
the, the points. The Leicester game in the Carabao Cup, again, was a decent performance because it's always a tough place to go, albeit it was a pretty weakened Leicester side. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I don't think the performances, I think we towards the back end of last season, the performances I felt were, were possibly better than they are at the start of this season. Um, but it's always positive. If you're not at full full pelt and you can still pick up points and I think that's that's definitely a positive so I think there's improvement we can we can we can definitely improve um but yeah pretty pleased with the start of the season and, and the points we've picked up really yeah yeah I mean I think we, I think we you know six, uh, nine points out of 12 isn't bad is it anyway regardless no. of how well we've played I'm sure we, we can get better what about yourself Ryan what, what have you sort of made of it all so far the first sort of four Premier League games in particular well taking the pauses out of it yeah the performances have been a uh, a lot to be desired, apart of Fulham going, like Paul says, it sort of gnawed us into a false sense of security. We thought maybe yeah. we were a bit further ahead of what we are. But we've still got the results in there, though. The results that last season under Unai Emery and at the start of Arteta's reign, we were dropping points in playing like that. So I, I take the positives out of that. That was, was actually maturing in the way that we're actually taking the three points and we're coming away with three points no matter what. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if, if we win games and we're not playing well, that's a good sign, I guess, isn't it? What about yourself, Andy? What have you made of it so far, the start that we've made? I'm really happy with it. I, I think the performances haven't been that bad. I think we've been... Um, it's been steady. I think consistency is going to win the league this year. And um, you look at the results that have been going on. Um, after we beat West Ham, they went on to thump um, Leicester... And who's the other one? Um, Wolves. 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 Wolves, yeah. So 3 0 and 4 0. Um, so I don't think our West Ham result was as bad as people thought at the time. And we didn't even um, beat Sheffield United last year, only got a point off them. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know what is there anything to be negative about, really. I'm quite happy with it. And when you bear in mind the fact that we could have actually got a lot more out of the Liverpool game than we did. Um, yeah. uh, you know, we let's not let's not beat around the bush. They should have had a man sent off after two minutes, and mm. you know we missed the, we, we cut them open really quite easily in the second half on a few occasions, and then you see what Aston Villa have done to them. A team that we rescued from relegation last season. So, yeah. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and, so at the end of the day, I'm, I'm quite happy with it, and. Um, when you consider the what Arteta is doing with the players and not playing what he actually wants to to play, sort of uh, team wise and uh, formation wise and everything, he's just trying to get the best out of the players that he's he's had at his disposal. And um, when you consider the people that you know, the players that have been playing most weeks, uh, who would have thought El Nani would have been pretty much an ever present yeah. this season? And and that you know, we've still got the same defenders. Obviously, we've got the Gabriel now as well, which is fantastic. But yeah, I think we've been doing really well, personally. Uh, I know that some of the halves have been a bit poor, but look at what everyone else is playing like at the moment. Yeah, I was just going to mention uh, the other arrivals, Chelsea. You look yeah. at what Chelsea did. Everybody else is very inconsistent. So, um, And I think going back to that Liverpool game, I think the, the, that third goal was a bit harsh. I don't, I'm not sure we deserve mm. that. Um, yeah. And like you say... Handball. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, I mean, Lacazette had two really, really good chances. You take one of them even it yeah. up again and it's a potentially a different game. So, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm really happy with, this, with the points that we've picked up. 
Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, think people I, think nine, I think we'd have took nine points, wouldn't we, before the oh, season yeah. started in four games. Bearing in mind we had Liverpool away, uh, nobody seems to pick up much there. So I think we've got to be happy with the results. I just feel as though the performances at home in particular haven't quite been to the to the maybe level that we would hope they would have been maybe. I think Fulham and away I think away games we're gonna play a lot more open football, I think, because of the counter attacking style that we've got. Um, whereas at home, when we've got to break teams down, that's where we've been struggling. Hopefully, that might change now going forward. But I think that's been—I wouldn't say it's a negative as such, because winning games is never a negative, is it? You know, if you, if you win games one nil every every week when you don't deserve to, it doesn't matter, does it? You're happy. But I just felt our two home performances have been slightly—I would say—disappointing, maybe for what I was maybe expecting. You yeah, know, but- and I think away from home we've maybe played better actually. You know, yeah, we're, mind, we're winning away. We can't take yeah. that away from us either. We're actually yeah, winning no, away yeah. games, and we're, we we haven't won away for you know consistently for uh, for years, have we? Yeah, we're not. Yeah. not that's the thing. We're, we're, it's sort of carried over from the back end of last season and the before around March time as well. We, he's made us hard to beat as a whole. And I was, I was going to say, do you think we're bringing Partey in now? That's going to sort of help out of our home performances. What he brings to the mm. table, hundred percent. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, I think. Right. I mean, to, to be honest with you, you're saying about the away wins. I mean, you think right since Arteta has been in towards the end of last season, we've won away at Wolves, who are obviously a good side, difficult yeah. to beat away. We've won yeah, away at Leicester in the cup, again a difficult team to beat. We've knocked Liverpool out of the Carabao Cup on penalties at Anfield. You know, we've had some decent away Southampton as well, where we generally struggle. We, we got a win there, didn't we? So I do yeah. think away from home, the way we're set up is suited to the way that we play. Actually, I just feel that sometimes at home games is where we do struggle to. Break teams down. We've had, you know, not just this season, but even towards the end of last season as well, we had that Leicester game. We couldn't finish them off, could we, when we started well? And, you know, we, we managed to hold on and beat Watford in the end, but they, you know, it was a struggle for that as well, wasn't it, beating them? And we've had a few home games, and I say this season as well. So I think for me, if we, so the thing that needs to improve at the moment is maybe the way we're playing at home is we can maybe just kill teams off a little bit quicker and a little bit easier. We're just struggling a little bit, aren't we, at the moment? So I'd like to see us maybe win our home games a little bit more comfortably sometimes and you know because it's been quite nervous isn't it watching the home game so far do you think um do you think the lack of fans i mean obviously that affects every team but but obviously not having any fans there maybe maybe that's it's that also the lack of complete lack of pre-season or anything it's just a weird time you know that's all got to be taken into account arteta's not had any extended length of time with the players on the training pitch has he no no not really, no. So, no, no, all yeah. this has got to be taken into account. And I think our, our consistency is going to stand us in really good stead this year. Mm. This year. And like you said, Ryan, we, we're really hard to beat. We're really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I even think, Jurgen think, Klopp yeah. is saying the same. So, yeah. um, And I think adding partly into that equation now, the, the experience you also have to there's a tweet there was a tweet there on Monday when all the news was breaking that obviously we made, we made the release clause and all that. But obviously, obviously, Hussai... Osamawa would have improved us, but Partey evolves us into mm. the next level. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he said he'd be transformational. It's a transformational mm. signing. Yeah. I mean, that, that, kind of, that kind of moves on to the next part anyway, obviously, about the, the deadline day, the transfer window in general. I mean, what are your thoughts overall of the transfer window, bearing in mind everybody that we've brought in, the players that have gone out as well? And do you think it's been a good window overall for us? What, what do you think, Paul? Do you think it's been a good window? Are you happy with it? If anybody says no, I'm kind of, I'm a bit, I'm questioning why really. Um, mm. When you look at the the only negative for me really is that we we failed to get rid of a few more players. That was yeah. we, we didn't yeah. have quite as many outgoings as as I'd like to have seen. But 
in terms of incomings, I, I obviously we missed out on that creative player, which we 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 spoke about on Ryan's channel last week. But yeah. I, I think party's huge. I don't think anybody can underestimate just how big that signing in. But I actually think Gabriel is just as important because now mm. when you look at that that spine of that team that we've got now, you've got Leno in goal, Gabriel at centre back, you've got Party now, Oba up top. You look that's a really solid spine to kind of build round and kind of build on. So I think yeah, I think that the incomings I'm really, really pleased with. Um I would have liked to have seen a creative player come in, but I think that's more being a little bit greedy than than anything. I think for Arteta to be able to do it all in one window like that was was maybe a bit too much to ask. Um, I just wish we could have shipped out a couple more, um, really, and just yeah. obviously the Kalasinac deal by the sounds of it fell through last minute, um, which was a shame because that would have been a good move for, for everybody, I think. Um, and then, yeah, people like Socrates as well, if we could have just got them off the wage, but would have would have gone a long way. But yeah, I mean, overall, really happy with the window. Um, I, I don't think we could have really done much more given when you take into everything into account with the restrictions financially with COVID, everything else, I think we've done done really, really well and good business. I think Gabriel and Party are going to be massive for us. Absolutely huge. No, definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. They're the two players that we've been needing for a number of years, yeah. aren't they? And I mean, Gabriel's obviously straight away settled in. Fantastic. Let's hopefully Party can do the same. I don't see why he won't be able to. Quality player. So, um, I mean, yeah, those those two players for me are what we've needed, yeah. I'm not saying that's all we need. We still need to improve other areas maybe as time goes on. But like you said, for one mm. window for Arteta, that's not a bad effort, is it really? I mean, what do you think, Ryan? Are you sort of fairly positive about the window? Well, yeah, as I said, as you know, on my channel, I've been saying for pretty much the whole transfer window itself, even prior to it, I said if we address, if we address the areas we actually need addressing, I'll be happy. And we, and we have. And, uh, yeah, it would have been nice to get rid of some of the, some of the players like Socrates and Kalazanac, but it's got to be. It's always, as I've been saying for the last couple of days on my channel. It's always going to be hard when these players, these these players, in all due respect, being put on insanely high wages and they won't take a pay cut. It's because clubs interested clearly, but it just won't take a pay cut. And that makes it even harder for the likes of Edu and Arteta have walked in and inherited this mess, so to speak. And I don't yeah, get why yeah. people are then getting on their back because they're not the ones that gave them the contract in the first place. If you want to get, if you want to get anyone's back, is there's a, there's a guy in Milan at the moment. Doing the exact same thing to them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that is one of the problems, isn't it? The contracts that some of these players have been on, and I think at this time with the financial restrictions around the world, that's probably the main reason why we haven't managed to ship out a few more. Maybe this time, um, but that loan window still open, isn't it? And the, the sort of mm. English window, if you like, still open. Isn't it? So some might, we still might maybe get rid of one or two that way, possibly in the next week or so. Maybe we'll have to see, mm. but. Um, let's see what happens. Um, what, about, what about yourself, Andrew? What, what are your thoughts on the transfer window in general? Uh, delighted. And I, I, I think we might even still get the creative player in the next couple of weeks. Uh, well, not a couple of weeks, about 10 days, isn't it? I think it's still open for. Mm. I think I've got a feeling we might go after, um, you know, someone during this period, like either Buendia or, um, um, well, what's his name from Brentford? Um, yeah, I've got a feeling we might uh, do something like that, but I also, and I, I don't know the uh, I know you were watching yesterday, Richard. I, was, I spoke on my show yesterday about uh, Emil Smith Rowe, and I really want him to have mm. a chance. I think he could be the answer personally, um, yeah, but also mm. with regards to the 
we've only got ourselves to blame about not getting rid of enough players, as you, as you yeah. mentioned. But yeah. I think a lot of that's going to be sorted out in um, in January as well, because yeah. these players can sign a pre-contract agreement with clubs yeah. in January. Yeah. And I think we'll probably do, just do deals with them uh, if anyone does approach. The same as what we did with uh, Suarez. Um, brought him in a bit earlier before his contract ended. I think we could do the same with a lot of our players and just let them go for free and cancel the the contracts maybe or something like that. I mean, if we're lucky, you might get a, a you know a few quid, but even if we don't, I think it could still be sorted in January. So and that's not far down the line. So I think it'd be fine. Yeah, but I I, I, we, sorry, regards the, just quickly, no. just regards the um, the whole window. I'm I'm absolutely delighted with it because the first, the player I wanted more than anyone else, and I've been <laughs> I've been banging a drum for months. Um, <laughs> is Thomas Party? Yeah. You know, a big aubergine emoji all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what we needed. Fifteen years we've been waiting for a player like that. Fifteen years. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. the same as um, Gabriel. You know, it, it's like another Sol Campbell and Patrick Vieira. And if they have mm. half the careers that they those guys did, then we should all be delighted. Yeah, absolutely. No, exactly. I mean, I, I, I wanted us to kind of, or I was wanted us to be interested in Decore from Everton, but only if we couldn't get Partey. Now we've got Partey, then that's more than made up for anybody that we haven't got because, I mean, he is definitely mm-hmm. a player that we've lacked for a long time in midfield, that presence in midfield as well. You know, and I so say if he can settle in quickly, then we could really, really, you know, be in with a, with a great opportunity this season, I think, to do something really special, you know, with... Let's not beat around the bush. He's, he's one of the best players in his position in the world. Yeah, 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 yeah Genuinely, yeah. he's a world-class yeah. talent, and he, he's already proven um, yeah. that he's going to do it. Stra- I mean, look at what he did against Liverpool with for uh, Atletico. Mm, you know, he, there's a video go doing the rounds that he just, yeah, he yeah. just completely ran that game that day, yeah. and he, that's why it's so good that we've got someone that's a 20, uh, 27. You know, he's not like a, a young kid who's wet behind the ears. He's he's a, a seasoned professional and a world class one. And yeah. you know, people are going banging on and on and on about the um, the, the Liverpool um, signing. Oh, God, my what is wrong with my brain lately? The, uh, Thiago, Thiago. Yeah. It, yeah. Maybe you know he's not technically as gifted as Thiago, but as as far as transformational signings go, he's right up there with that sort of signing, yeah. in my opinion. Because of, yeah. of what we've been lacking for so many years, so yeah, it's, it's I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? it? It's it's more about for me, you know, he, he's a great player by what I've seen of him, and it is because he's exactly the player that we've needed, and that's what makes mm-hmm. it such a great signing. I think more than anything else. I mean, you know, you, you Man United have signed um, Cavani, who we were after a few years ago, but that's not a player <laughs> that they really need. Maybe fifteen it's years ago, that right? we really need. You know what I mean? And that's that's what makes it so. So great, and I say if he can if he can quickly settle in, then I, you know I'm really excited about what might happen. <laughs> you know, yeah, definitely yeah. me too, me too. I th- like I said, consistency is the key this year. And yeah. Uh, yeah. if there's anything we're going to be, it's consistent under Mikel Arteta. Yeah. And it's I feel like um, so comfortable. I don't I don't worry about playing anyone now. I'm really no. really comfortable, no. and I, I'm not worried about the, the starting lineups when they come out anymore either. I just I know he's he knows what he's doing, and um, I feel like uh, back back in the George Graham days, uh, the way that we're set up, I think he just frustrates teams to start off with, 
It's like um, people are moaning about the first half performance, but and you know it was it was dull. Let's not let's not beat Brown the bush and you know it was a dull first half. But he mm. he frustrates teams and then they, he just sort of exploits their weaknesses, um, almost like you know picking his moment and then bang, you know we score a beautiful goal, don't we? And uh, it's very similar to the way George Graham set up. You know, he's always started from the back, get a strong foundation, and mm. then the rest will come. Um, so yeah, I'm really confident about the season. I tell you, with them, um, with, with, with Thomas Party as well. It's not he's he's not just defensive. That boy can play no. like oh. on the ball. He's superb as well. So mm. I, I think it's not we're not just we're not just we haven't just got a battering ram, someone that can actually have that physical. Presence in the midfield, but I mean, he, he, moves he, can, he, can he moves as well. quickly as well, doesn't he? Yeah. He's very, yeah. you know I mean, little one twos, and he, he just plays yeah. the ball quickly. And I think that's going to really help us, especially as we said before, maybe in the home games as well, when you need to move the ball quickly sometimes to break these teams down. And I think he's going to give us that as well, isn't he? Like you said, as well as that physical presence, he's a ball winner, but he's yeah. also a good player with the ball as well, isn't he? He can pick a pass yeah. as well. He's... I've seen him score some goals on on the on YouTube as well from from outside the box <laughs> and that. So. You know, a bit like Vieira, actually, because he, he could score mm. a few goals, couldn't he, Vieira, when he wanted to? He could hit a ball, yeah. couldn't he? So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean... He's t- if you see yeah. his stats, he's, he's top of pretty much everything in Serie A for yeah. midfielders. And, uh, mm. you know, if, if you re- I was listening to a podcast earlier and they said he's topping this, topping this, topping this. You know, he's, mm. he's, he's absolutely uh, fantastic. So, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited, really good deal. Really good thing. I know, do you know what? The best thing about it is the really, really pissing off Simeone as well. That you can imagine him <laughs> yeah. going, Yeah. yeah I read really, them, really pissed off. I read as well that Arsenal have loaned Torreira but removed the obligation to buy or an option to buy or something. I read that somewhere. I don't know yeah, how true that is. Oh, yeah. So, so if, if, that, if that's the case and he has a really good season at Atletico, then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's, um, well and truly, <laughs> it'll put his value up as well for us, won't it? Hopefully, as well, which yeah. would be good. So that we, right. that could work out well. Yeah, but no, it, it would be fuming, Simone. Yeah, I must admit, nice I to have a bit of ruthlessness about us again. You know, yeah. I mean, did, did you guys see the interview with Edu that was on the um, oh, Arsenal uh, website? What a great oh, interview! Yeah. If you've not seen it, definitely watch it because it's, it's really yeah. good. Actually, and it gives a little bit of an insight into what what what's been going on kind of behind the scenes a little bit. And he talks about the Partey deal as well and how he, he targeted him right from the very start about six months ago. He basically mm-hmm. said, this is a player that he wanted to get. Um, and in the end, we managed to sneak it over the line, which was great. And I think the owners mm-hmm. need some credit as well, don't they? Because mm-hmm. they dipped into their pockets to get that mm-hmm. deal done because we wouldn't have got it otherwise. You know, yeah, we didn't no. have 45 million quid knocking around, did we? So, you know, they, they took a lot of stick, rightly so, for certain things, yes. But... At this time, they've come through, haven't they? They've backed, they've backed yeah. us and they've backed yeah. Edu, and they've given us the, the the players that we've needed, you know. And I, I don't necessarily think it's their fault that the our deal didn't happen either. I think that's a maybe uh, well, a separate issue. That, that, that yeah. deal will still happen at some point, just not quite yet. No, I think the uh, I've gone right off our when I sort of heard sort of what's happening behind the scenes, if I'm honest, because it was his he's. Um, Similar to an Elka, he's got his brother as his oh. agent, yeah, and yeah. Uh, he was demanding. <laughs> I, I've, I've heard different figures. Initially, I heard thirty million as a, as a, an agent's fee. Um, oh, and uh, the other ones I've heard uh, go down to about twelve million. But either way, his brother was demanding that sort of a minimum of twelve million quid for him to sign. Mm. But also, yeah. the day before 
he was due to sign. He had a phone call apparently from Zinedine Zidane saying, we can't buy, we really like you, we can't buy you this summer, but we're looking at uh, the end of the season, so keep your options open. And he dis- and that is when he changed his mind and said that he's yeah. going to be stopping at uh, mm. where he is. So if he, so what artists have said, if you have to try and persuade someone to come, then we don't want them. No. And, and with the uh, with his brother's situation as well, I'm just thinking he sounds a bit like a nightmare, if I'm honest. Mm, so yeah. I, I've gone off yeah. the idea yeah. of getting maybe, him in the yeah, first maybe. place. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'd rather pursue other options, if I'm honest. I mean, there's a comment here from, obviously, the, the COVID-infested Arsenal misfit, which is a great name, actually, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, if someone wants Xhaka for decent money in January, do we sell him now? We have party or, or keep him. I personally would keep Xhaka. Um, certainly in the squad. I do think he's an important player. If anybody, maybe sell El Nenny um, out of the midfielders that we've got if we want to get rid of one. I personally would keep them all because I think it's options to have, isn't it? Some games, Zach is going to be really good for. Other games, El Nenny might be better in. And I, I would keep everybody, really. But, I mean, I personally like Zach. I don't know what you guys mm. think. Would you, would you get rid of Zach? I, I wouldn't, no. Um, no. I would keep him because we haven't got that many options in central midfield. It's not like we are in centre-back that we've got eight centre-backs. You know, we haven't got that option in midfield. Plus, come the end of the season, you've got Sobias, which is obviously a loan deal. We don't know what's going to happen there. So, we're certainly not going to sell Xhaka in January. Um, so, I guess you would wait to see what, what would happen with Sobias. But, but personally, mm-hmm. I think um, I, I do think Granit Xhaka brings something to the team. I think we miss him when he's not there. Um, bit of a <laughs> unpopular, unpopular opinion, but... Um, no, no, I agree. I, agree. I, I like, I like Zachary. I do think he brings something when he plays, definitely. And I think he's an important yeah. player. I think he's he's a bit of a leader on a yeah. pitch as well with the other, but I think that's important. So I definitely mm. wouldn't sell him. What about you, Brian? Would you sell Zachary or keep him? If you'd asked me this before, I'd say, come along, I would have said sell, sell, sell. Because <laughs> literally, the, the stuff that was going off, going off at the time, we didn't need at the cover at the time. But since yeah, I've yeah, coming, yeah, yeah. to be fair, he has buckled down and he has improved and he has showed. The quality is that the, these our current manager and the previous two coaches and managers have banged on about how good how good he is in that yeah. sense. So that we can't really we can't, if he had it, then I'll be like still saying sell, sell, sell. But he, yeah. he has improved. It'd be stupid to then let him go and weaken weaken ourselves in the halfway through the season, which could I'll be a something as well. Huge you, you've season. got to have a real you've got to have a proper mentality to come back from what he's come yeah. back from as well to, yeah. to win the. Not yeah. all of the fan base back, but the people that definitely kind of, yeah. a lot of the fan base have, have has been won over by how he's reacted from that. That's yeah. not a lot of players would do that. Very, they very they jump ship at the first opportunity. Yeah. It was very similar. To, remember back in the at the, the late two thousands, uh, Manuel Bue got booed off against came on against Wigan, yeah. got booed off, yeah. but he came he came back. Obviously, things didn't yeah. work out in the end, but there's that that is that, that attitude that's yeah, that's happened before, but. Yeah. Is that the same game he got? He came on as a sub and then got subbed yeah. off. Was that yeah. the same? Yeah, it was the yeah. same game. Yeah. He did have a nightmare, didn't he? He couldn't even tackle the ball, <laughs> yeah. could he? That game? He was tackling his own players and falling over the ball and everything. Really. He had a nightmare. Past, 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 past <laughs> opposition as well. Yeah, <laughs> he was all over the place that day. I think what was wrong with him. At least he doesn't wrestle his own teammates to the floor in the penalty box. That's true. <laughs> That's brilliant, that was. <laughs> yeah, what a legend. What a legend. What about yourself, Andrew? Would you I'd keep that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll keep him until next summer at least. 
because at the moment he's oh, well, and and El, El Nino as well. I'll keep him until next summer at least because he's a really yeah. good uh, squad player, absolutely ideal yeah. because he, he never moans if he's not in the starting lineup. He's, well, he's very happy. Be scenes, we don't know, do we? He might do. Well, no, I, he never did before. You know, he, he was never a real starter week in, week out, was he ever? No, um, yeah. And he's been with us for several years now, so I think he's yeah. ideal um, for a squad player. So he's I done a good job this season as well, yeah. He's won, uh, Xhaka, I'm happy to say, he's completely won me over with his performances on the pitch. Yeah. And, his, and his attitude is, is uh, spot on. And yeah. he has a, I mean, can you remember the last time he actually made a real terrible mistake like he used to all the time? Mm, no. uh, you know, he's, he's cut that but out of this game. I, I, I think well. a lot of that's to do with the, there's more stability around him now in midfield, yeah. isn't there? When yeah, he absolutely. He, he was exposed yeah. a lot, wasn't he, under Unai Emery in particular. And I think he made yeah. a lot of mistakes while his mistakes were highlighted because he was literally like on his own a lot of the time, wasn't he? Guendouzi was all yeah. over the place, not helping him. Yeah. And he, he was quite often left exposed. And I think that's why he looked maybe to make more mistakes than perhaps he might have done. Now there's more stability in midfield, even more so going to happen now with obviously with Partey in there. So, um, yeah, I think Jack is an important player, certainly at this moment in time, this season. Like you said, yeah. we'll see what happens next year. But I mean, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily look to say, he wouldn't be one of the first players I'd look to think to get rid of. Definitely oh, no, not. No, he's the last of our worries, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I know. I think some fans still haven't quite forgiven him for that, you know, big carry on last season. But like, like you guys have said, he, he's, his performances and his attitude have really um, been quality. Really, since then, you know, since yeah. he's since has come in, he's he's, he's nailed knuckle knuckle down, hasn't he? His performances have been great, and um, and I say his attitude as well. Like he says has been brilliant. So no, I, yeah. I definitely, I definitely don't think we should sell him. Um, if we've learned, obviously, the next thing I want to talk about really was there has been, we've kind of touched on it briefly, some very, very strange results so far in the Premier League, hasn't there? You know, the four weeks in, we've seen some crazy football, some mad scorelines. And you know, obviously, I think the Liverpool one last weekend probably topped it all. I mean, no one would have ever foreseen that happening, would they? You know, a full strength, virtually full strength Liverpool team losing 7 2 to Aston Villa. I mean, and on the same day that Tottenham won 6 1 at Man United as well. I mean, <laughs> Great, Tottenham had their thunder stolen. That was so funny. That's well, the best yeah, part about the whole weekend. And I mean, it's not it's not just those two results, is it? I mean, every single week of the four weekends of the, of the Premier League, there's been two or three cr- strange, crazy results, hasn't there? So unpredictable. Yeah. Um, and yet, you know, um, here we are with our performances that, you know, we, we've been steady and solid, haven't we? Which is more than anything else. I mean, what, first of all, what do you think the reasons behind some of these strange results? And also as well, can you see it settling down again and becoming a little bit more predictable like it usually is in terms of results more more you know the big teams beating the smaller teams more regularly which hasn't been happening so much or, or is, is this going to be just one of them seasons do you think maybe where this carries on and we have just a weird season all the way through or is it to do with yeah. maybe the covid situation what, what do you think paul what do you think the how do you think it's going to work out now because obviously it's been strange isn't it it has but i mean it's been a funny funny year isn't it all round i think is there's there's quite a lot of factors that you can take into account andrew mentioned that the lack of pre-season for everybody um, kind of throws people into the league at different stages of fitness, different different stages of readiness, you know. So I don't, I, I, I have no idea if I'm being honest. I mean, you've got some of the smaller teams as well. You look at people like Villa, what did they spend? 85 million or something stupid. Yeah. You know, all these, yeah. these these teams that are coming up and they're, they're, they're able to spend money. I mean, a lot of these sides, until we got parted, it outspent us, um, a lot of them. So, I think there's quite a few factors to take into account. I would, I think it probably will settle down. I mean that the Liverpool one is that that 
that's the strangest one for me. I mean, obviously United had a man sent off, and I mean they're sh- pretty shocking defensively anyway. But that Liverpool game was just unlike anything I've seen. I'll just yeah. people that do accumulators every week are well and truly screwed because you're, you're not winning any money based on these results, are you? You know, it's, you can't call them. So yeah. I, I'd like to think it will settle down, but oh, yeah, and that, that's another factor and the reason why I'm quite happy with our performances so far and, and the results that we've got, because when you look at a lot of the teams, we're the only ones or one of the very few that have, have shown any kind of consistency so far this season. So mm. personally, I'd quite like to see it continue. It's quite funny seeing results like that. It's nice. It makes it entertaining. That's what we all want, as long as it doesn't happen against us. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That, that's the thing, isn't it? So far, it hasn't, but, you know, it would have predicted, like you said, it would have predicted that Liverpool score. I mean, unbelievable that. You just I wouldn't, mean, would you? It, it makes us look maybe beating Sheffield United and, and stuff like that. Maybe that makes that look a little bit better, doesn't it? Because yeah, yeah. they're the sort of games that this season, they could have won that, couldn't they? They could have easily beat us and, and we didn't. So, what about yourself, yeah. Ryan? Do you, where do you think it's going to go? Do you think we're going to see some more of these kind of mad results or do you think that might be it now? <laughs> well, I think it's going to continue because it's, uh, we haven't had a full pre-season. We're now literally in an international break where most of our players are still playing. They're going to come back and the teams that are playing in Europe, they've got to play, they've got to play six group games amongst all their Premier League games. <laughs> so, they're going to be shattered. They want to really going to get some sort of rest, rest by it. Somewhat, it's the lower league and even the, lo- the lower league teams outside of Europe. And even then, there's, there's some weird results going there. Mm. I mean, I think I think it'll continue for a bit longer. I think at least until January this will continue. Then they'll start as things like fitness and all that sort of gets back into place. Then we're going to start to see things go back to normal that way. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Well, what about yourself, Andrew? What do you think? Do you think we're gonna? Is this I... it now for all them silly results, or do you think we'll get a few more? No, I think we'll get a few more. I think the season's going to be um, a weird one because, like I said, it, it, the players are already showing signs of being knackered, if I'm honest, mm-hmm. um, in certain teams. And some of the, it depends how how long that Man United are going to be so stupid as to keep that school teacher <laughs> in charge of their team as well, and and uh, and Chelsea longer the uh, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tottenham. I uh, we all know that they're going to get carried away. They're going to go keep going on and on and on about oh we're back, we're back. We're North London is white. Blah 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 blah. blah, blah whilst they're rummaging around in their bins, and then we all know that that we all know that uh, someday soon that's going to explode <laughs> as well because they've got Jose Mourinho in the uh, yeah. dugout. So mm. well, that's why a massive part of why I'm so confident. Because we've got yeah. we've got such a I mean we've got one of the best managers around. I wouldn't swap him for anyone, not anyone yeah. in the world, not in a million years. I wouldn't at the moment. So definitely that's why that. I think we we we're not going to get hammered by anyone this season. I, I think we, just, we are going to be consistent, and that's going to be in our favour. But as far as the um, league goes, it's a bit of both because I think come the end of the season, the cream will always rise to the top, and it's top six is going to be there or thereabouts. Um, but I, it's going to be nothing like the last few couple of seasons where it's going to be 90 plus points. It's going to be a lot more even. Yeah. And I, mm. I made that bold prediction last season, if you remember. I said next mm. season we're, we're going yeah, to be within did. 12 points yeah. of the the eventual winners of the league. And I'm, I'm definitely mm. standing by that because I, I could see that happening. And you, you never know, it might even be us that wins it. I mean, I, I was going to say, I mean, do you, do you think that... 
the sort of the traditional sort of top four, top five, top six clubs? Do you think there could be a few surprises in there this season? Obviously, Everton have started well, haven't they? Um, Probably one or two, one or two, but uh, you can't see more than that because it, at the end of the day, it, it's always going to be the richest clubs will be nearest the top. But I think there will be one or two, and I won't be surprised if it's Everton. Mm. I really uh, wouldn't. So yeah, I think when you look at the top four, I think. I think you're right. I don't think anybody's going to run away with anything this season anywhere in the league. I think it's all going to be quite compact. Um, I would still fancy Liverpool and City to fill those two, those top two spaces. Um, but third and fourth, really, I mean, you look at Chelsea, I mean, they've spent, what, 200 million? You look at that squad and their expectation is going to be to get that third spot. So Lampard's going to be under an awful lot of pressure to, to deliver that. They haven't they haven't started consistently consistently well, sorry. Um, so whether or not that's just players bedding in, they've they've got quite a, quite a lot of new players that have come into the side. So, but that that third and fourth, I mean, that's open to to quite a few teams. I think, as you said, Rich, I think Everton have started really well. It looks a really good squad on paper. It does yeah? They got they've got a, they've got a manager there that he's won everywhere he's gone. He's he's won stuff. So, but now that we've got party. I'm a lot more confident of us getting into that top four, whether that be third or fourth. I'm not really not really that bothered, but um, I think we've got a real chance now of, of getting nicking one of those two spots. Yeah, I mean Man City as well. If, if, you, if you look at Man City, they they certainly don't look anywhere near as um, as, as strong as they have done the last few years, do they? Now, so you no, know, you're, you're, you're saying they'll probably be top two, but I'm not even sure if they if they will. You know, I, I, I don't even sure if they will this season. I mean, you know, obviously the COVID infested Arsenal misfit again said Everton are dark horses. I definitely think they are. I definitely think they yeah. are dark horses. You know, mm. for the top four, maybe even more because their squad looks quality, doesn't it? I don't know what the depth's like. Maybe if they get one or two injuries, that might be when they struggle, perhaps. But mm. As you said, Paul, yeah, they've got a great manager who knows what it takes to win. He's won the Premier League as well, let's not forget previously. I don't think they'll get top four purely because their their defence, the central defenders ain't good enough and their goalkeeper is a complete yeah. joke. So that, that's mm. that's going to stop them getting in the top four, unfortunately. Did they not just buy a goalkeeper in, in the yeah, window? But, mm, yeah, but he's yeah. rubbish as well. He's, he's <laughs> nowhere, no, seriously. I, he, there's, uh, I he's, there's a guy, uh, who was it? Um, Andy Brassel, you know the... Sort of pundit Andy Brassel. Have you heard yeah. Of him? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's um, uh, said on, on on a podcast. He said he's he's not good. He's not a good goalkeeper. Because someone asked him the question, is he going to be challenging for number one? He said no, no, he ain't. Well, he so, must, he must um, be poor if he can't challenge Pickford because he's one of the yeah. worst goalkeepers in the Premier League, isn't he? Yeah, so yeah. he must be bad if he's if he doesn't think he'll challenge him for a place. With, Without a good goalkeeper and without good quality central defenders, you ain't going to win the league. So, no. I'll, I'll definitely put money on them finishing top six, though. But I'm going to... Um, I've got slight reservation. I would like to see, after about 10, 12 games, how um, James Rodriguez is, is still playing then. When he gets uh, cold. Because he started... <laughs> no, how many times do you get a new signing that, that lights yeah. up the Premier League from day one and then all of a sudden they just fade? You know, did you go... Right down oh, to Shavin, like, yeah. look at um, yeah. Timo Puki and you know the list goes yeah. on, doesn't it? Michu, Michu, Michu. I think Sorry, Andrew, carry on. Uh, no, I was just going to say, uh, I'm not saying he will, but I'd like to just sort of reassess in about sort of ten, twelve games yeah. time about how Everton are going to get on because 
Uh, if he shows the consistency, then you know they they are going to be a danger, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt at all. Yeah. I think their, their their goals they rely heavily on Calvert Lewin as well. I mean, he started the season. Mm. I mean, he scored tonight already. I think he got the goal. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, is he is he is he going to carry that on throughout the season? I think for them to really challenge, they're going to need they're going to need that to continue. Definitely. And if he gets injured, if he's out for a few weeks, injured, something like that, is, who are they going to get to come yeah. in and score goals from? That is the other thing, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. But we, we, we were waiting. Yeah, you know, the, 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 we were waiting for that to happen to Leicester, weren't we, all that season? We, we yeah. they, they, yeah, no we were, one yeah. got eaten. They didn't, I don't think they, they suffered any serious injuries that season, no, did they? And, and everyone, so. everyone was on form. You know, so you know, weird thing, weirder things can happen. But um, yeah, we just have to see. It's a bit too early yet, but they started really well and they bought really well. And I think Villa bought really well as well. Yeah, you know, they, they actually bought yeah. sensible players for a, for a change, didn't they? And yeah. they're, they're the only two teams with hundred percent record as well. Mm. Yeah, Villa and Everton. So yeah. they're both obviously they've made good signings. They've started the season well. So I mean, I think Villa are obviously not going to challenge the top six. I wouldn't have thought, but. I definitely no. don't think they're going to be in relegation problems again this season, are they? They've kept Greenwich as well, which is important, I think, for them. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, best, the best signing of all. I can't believe that they did. I mean, signed a new five-year yeah. contract, didn't he? So that's, mm. a great, that's a great bit of business. He could have gone anywhere, really, couldn't he? Pretty yeah. much anyone would have wanted him, I would have thought. But it's yeah. good for Villa that they've kept him. But, yeah, I think mm. Villa will be, will be fine this year. So, but, yeah. I'll be I think there'll be. I think there might be a, a slightly different top six this year. You know, I do think yeah. there could be a few teams. I mean, I say Everton are obviously the, at this moment in time the favourites, but you know, Wolves are going to be up thereabouts again. I would have thought. You know, they've not quite made the top six yet. This could be their year. They're out of Europe. Don't forget. So last year, I think that hampered them a little bit. So you got there's a lot, there's a lot of good teams around us. It's mm. you know we, we think that we're doing well and we are. We've got a great squad this year, but it's harder than ever to get top six now, isn't it? With the quality yeah. of the teams that there is, and even ones that haven't been in the top six have, have strengthened a lot. And I don't know. I think we've, we're going to have to this consistency that we spoke about. We're going to really need that this season, aren't we? Because it's going to be so easy to not finish in the top six, let alone the top four. But having said that, if we can, you know, if we can show that consistency, then. We'll have as much chance as anyone, won't we? Really, because yeah, yeah. I think Wolves is a strange one. Wolves is a weird one for me. I think they've they've weakened their, their team mm. over the summer, in my opinion. I mean, Doherty was brilliant for them, absolutely yeah, brilliant, yeah. wasn't he? Mm. And uh, Jota, you know, Jota that's player, a really yeah. weird, uh, really odd, really odd, and they haven't they haven't replaced them sufficiently. Mm. No, they've, so, got, they've got out, no, they've got out and brought young Portuguese players again. I know. I know yeah. that's, it's a really odd decision that is because I, I, I see them as only being a bit weaker, and and obviously yeah. their performances are showing that at the moment. But yeah, uh, yeah that's an odd one. That. And I think Leeds are going to be dark horses for the Europe, Europa League as well. I think they're yeah, they're, yeah honestly they're yeah they're, they're going to be uh, they're, they're exceptional, aren't they? And uh, yeah, no, I've been impressed with I've been impressed with Leeds again. A bit like what you said about Everton. Really, I'd like to see Leeds after 10, 12 yeah. games. And yeah, see how they, how they are. Yeah. At the moment, they're playing really well. Are they exciting to watch? Playing great football. So let's see how they, you know, how they can cope when you know we we get some bad weather and stuff like that, and things go against them. A few injuries and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think this season's going to be quite open actually. Anyway, so I think it's going to be quite exciting. Yeah, um, yeah. It should be exciting for us because you know we are hoping that they're a lot better than the last few seasons. Anyway, I would say. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be really yeah. exciting. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. 
I must admit, when when football returned after the uh, the the, the um, lockdown project restart, and that, I, I thought a lot of the games were quite dull. Actually, maybe having no fans, it took a bit of getting used to. But um, this season so far, I think I've enjoyed every single game pretty much. It's just mm. been so open and unpredictable, and it's what it should be about. I think it. I think our league's got too predictable last few years, hasn't it? We know who's going to win the league or come second. Mm. Everything's pretty much been set in stone before we started. Before we started. Whereas this year. Well, Literally, could be anything, couldn't it? Anybody, anybody yeah. could do anything by the look of it, and it's it's good to watch, isn't it? It makes it more exciting. percent. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. The th- average of three point eight game goals per game so far this season. That's crazy. Yeah. That's just mad, mad, isn't it? Absolutely yeah. mad. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, but it's, but it's great to watch, isn't it? it you know, I mean, oh. our league's been overhyped. I think you know. Again, there's a, a comment there, and it said the same. You know, it, it's it's made it. The sort of best of the big leagues to watch. I don't think it used to be. The last few years, I don't think it has been. It's been probably the biggest league in the world, isn't it? The Premier League. But this year, it really has become the best league to watch as well so far. So let's hope it continues, really, because, yeah. you know, as long as we keep winning, that's all that matters as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we touched on it before. I mean, obviously, we've got obviously England playing at the moment. We've, we've had, this is our second international break already. We've only played four games into the season. Um, I mean, with everything that's going on in the world at the moment, obviously with the situation now with Kieran Tierney having to self-isolate because he's, you know, with what happened with Scotland. I mean, should we really be playing international football at this moment in time? I mean, Paul, what do you think about the international kind of break and stuff? Never a good time for an international break, is there? (laughs) Might have been for us over the course of the last few seasons when we've come off a few bad results in a row, then you you kind of want an international break to kick in, but... Yeah, I, 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 it's difficult because obviously you've got the tournament coming around next summer if all goes to plan and everything goes goes well. But yeah, it's frustrating having two so close in the start of the season. You, you just want to kind of get up and running. And, and especially, it's a lot of games for the players to play as well. Take their, their fitness and, and well-being into account because a lot of people say they, well, they pay hundreds of thousands of pounds a week to do it. But at the end of the day, it's a... You've only got one body. It's it's a physical thing as well, as much as a, a mental thing. So, um, yeah, very frustrating to do it. But I guess they they need to play the game. So um, maybe not the friendlies. I mean, you obviously tonight's a tonight's a friendly. That's possibly one game you could have you could have taken out and 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 not played. But the whole KT situation is is a bit of a weird one because I must admit I haven't read everything that's kind of come out on it. But from what I can tell, he's had. A negative test or a couple of negative tests. Three, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think three is it. So I think Arsenal are trying to get him back to London. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I think you, I think you, I saw it on your uh, timeline a bit earlier, Rich. About, I mean, I don't see any reason if he's back in London in the next couple of days why he can't play for that City game. You mm. just keep an eye on him, give him regular yeah. tests, and if he's still exactly. negative, you know, he's, I don't, I don't think there's anything they could do. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. if, he, if he tests negative between now and a City game, every single test he has is negative, then why can he not play? He can't play because he's supposed to self-isolate because he had contact with some other Scottish player like a week and a half ago. If, if he continues yeah. to test negative, to me, it'd be bonkers if, if they don't let him play. But yeah, I but think any... Scotland, I think that's maybe the, the Scottish rules at the moment because obviously he's in with Scotland, isn't he? I mean, they're shutting yeah. all their clubs at six o'clock, so we don't really want to listen to what they're doing. Um, it's, all, it's all backwards up there. They don't know what they're doing. No, exactly. Why, so, you know, but, why is it any different from the um, the Liverpool game? Sadio Mane, he came out mm. of a positive test a couple yeah. of days after we played him. What, how is that any different? 
Well, yeah, yeah you, I don't know. But again, see, it's different <laughs> confusion with different rules for different countries, isn't it? You know, yeah. Scotland has different rules to England. So, because he's in Scotland with the Scotland team, that's probably why this has all come out. I don't, I don't know, but... We'll have to see what happens, but I mean, if, if he's not allowed to play at Man City and he's not and he's tested negative the whole way through, then I think yeah. Arsenal should put a complaint in somewhere because that's not right, is it? Because no, what, what more can he do out. if he's negative? What more can he do? Do you know what I mean? I don't, don't understand it. It'd be bonkers, complete well, out of bonkers. I'm sure they'll get get round it. I'm absolutely sure because there's, yeah, there's let's elite so. elite that's sportsmen. Um, what's it called? You know, um, some kind of special thing for elite sportsmen, anyway. Yeah, Liverpool, Liverpool, got, Liverpool got it when they um, when we played them in the Community Shield because they'd yeah. done their pre, they'd done their pre, sort of pre-season thing abroad, and they had to come yeah. back. They came back seven days before, and and obviously yeah. where they're coming from, they're sort of self-isolated for the 10, 10, 14 days or whatever it was, but they never did because obviously, as you said, that sports athletic athletes thing that they've. Got yeah. tested. They all got well, tested. Apparently, um, I, on the uh, haters YouTube um, channel, they said uh, there was an interview with Charles Watts yeah. and uh, a couple of other guys, uh, Arsenal people, and they said um, that, that Arsenal are going to be sending a car to collect Kieran Tierney and bring him back um, to back into the mm. Arsenal bubble. Yeah. So. Um, and by the way, when I said that they're all backwards up there, that was a joke, clearly. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I, no, no, I've got a lot of my friends are Scottish. Um, but no, it, I, that's hopefully going to bring him back into the bubble. And I'm sure, absolutely sure, that the, they've got every right to fight that and mm. uh, so he yeah. can play against Man City. And for, mm. regarding the international break, I don't think I, I haven't liked uh, international football since uh, Terry Venables and uh, Glenn Oddle were in charge of England. Yeah. Since then, it's been as dull as dishwater, and I've fallen yeah. out more and more and more out of love of it all the time. And Gareth Southgate's an absolute muppet, absolute joke. He's an awful, awful coach, and he's the luckiest person in the world. He's, he's like Bruce yeah. Springsteen, completely talentless, and just found himself in the position that he's in, you know, because Bruce Springsteen can't sing or play guitar, but he's, look where he is now after all these years. Gareth Southgate has got no talent as a coach and, and he's the England manager. I mean, <laughs> work that one out. So, well, yeah, no, I agree. no interest in it whatsoever. And uh, I don't know what it is, but they've got something against Arsenal players because this is really unusual that we've got two players in the squad for a start. It you is, know, yeah. I, I, we haven't had players in the squad for years and it's just ridiculous. But yeah, I, I think the fact that they've squeezed another game into this break and all three, when we've yeah. got so much football to play over the next, we've got a whole season, and it's got it's five weeks shorter than it should be, mm. and you know they've put squeezed another friendly in. It just doesn't make sense yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Personally, I, I, like yourself, which um, Andrew, I can't stand international football. I've lost all interest since Ben obviously left Liverpool, but the fucking Wally was Wally and then everything that transcended, transcended, transcended yeah. since with Capello and all that and Roy Hodgson. Mm. I've lost interest in international football now and what they're putting it on now just keep everyone updated and it's like on in the background. But I have no interest in international football. I don't no. enjoy watching my country play. The only thing and I've got reason I'm watching, I've got it on is, yeah. is Saka because Saka's yeah. playing. Yeah, yeah. 
That's the only reason why I've got any interest in this game is because he's he's been he's selected for the squad first of all, and obviously in the team yeah. as well, and obviously Ainsley as well. I know Ainsley has started this game, but I mean he, he came on didn't he, in the last game and he's back in the squad, so it is unusual. Like you said, Andrew, Arsenal players seem to get ignored by England, or, or it takes a lot longer for them to get recognised and. Some of the English players that maybe Man United in Chelsea, Liverpool, clubs like that for some reason. And even when they do get England call-ups, it's not that many Arsenal players that have come through Arsenal's youth academy ever become regulars in the England side, do they ever? Very rare. No, you know, no. even Tony Adams, when he was like the greatest defender in England, he didn't he wasn't a regular in the England side always, was he? He never he never was a well, regular pick. And you know, apart from David Seaman and Kenny Sanson probably before that, they're the only two Arsenal players I can remember being regulars in the England squad every single time, really. You know, Winterburn and Dixon, Bold and Adams, and uh, they were the best back four the world's ever seen. And And why why wouldn't you play them all together when you're an England manager? When they all played. I mean, that's that's his biggest joke of all time. Mm. You know, Gary Neville. Gary Neville over Lee Dixon. I mean, they're mad. Also, was it going to the World Cup in 98? Tony Adams was was our our country's captain, and Glenn Hardwell, in his infinite wisdom, Shipped him to capture it on the eve of the World Cup and gave it to Alan Shearer because he scores yeah, goals yeah. and wins penalties. Apparently, that yeah. was a really it because he was a captain. He might win penalties. I mean, and it, he won the England anyway, at twenty-nine. You know, know. Mm. Alan Shearer. That's how much he thought of England. Not like Tony. Yeah. Adams. As if Tony Adams would ever retire from England, and then mm. Alan Shearer retired at twenty-nine because he couldn't be asked anymore. Well, because yeah. he wanted to concentrate more on his on his own club career, didn't he? Because yeah. that's what was more important to him. I mean, I just don't understand it. We we seem to get ignored, but it's good that Saka's got a got a call up because he deserves it. Let's be honest, he deserves to be playing for England for his performances over the last year, doesn't he? Let's be honest with that. Yeah. So yeah. it's great for him. I'm, I'm delighted yeah. for him. I hope that now this can be the start of a great England career for him. You know, and I hope it doesn't to the detriment of of his Arsenal career because there has been players before that maybe um, haven't always. Uh, that come back from England and they seem to have ruined their career at Arsenal a little bit, you know. Um, and let's hope it doesn't happen with him because um, he's well, quite well, a, not being right. not being cynical or anything, but we know why he's playing tonight. It's because he he was I'm in an R in between England and Nigeria, and they've, they've, they've yeah. capped him now, so he ain't got no choice. Yeah, that's why that's why he's playing tonight. Oh, of course, it's yeah, all politics. Yeah. So. I think there was that peer pressure as well. The other week, weren't there? Because the, the the previous friendly when he wasn't picked and everyone was saying he was looking for a left-sided player he's been brilliant so I don't know how much of that has been peer pressure now in being I mean he, he's fully in that scene outcry about Grealish as well and uh, all of a sudden he's played the last couple of games mm, and yeah. he, he said um, I can't I, the way we play we haven't got any room for Grealish because he sees him as one of the, yeah. the strikers He's never played in the striker for Villa. For God's sake, he's one of the midfield three. What is wrong with it? He's played as a number six or a yeah, number I, eight or all yeah. wide for for Villa for years. Yeah. I yeah. think Southgate just has a yeah, personally. He has a. I think he has a gripe. Whatever one off at Villa when he left, he has a gripe with them even now. And obviously, he's taking it out of good years now. But literally, oh, back, for me, the fact we've already had an international. Not even a break, but international games before the season started. Literally days before it started and all that. Play, players were flying all over the place. I mean, it, for me, with everything that's going on it, with COVID and all that, and whatever, you, whatever way you lay on it, when you've got players left, right, and centre still testing positive for COVID, 
international football should not be going ahead at the moment because literally they're flying away from so you don't know they're ca- they might be have not have it when they leave but when they come back from whatever they've gone to they could catch and not know it bring it back and they're yeah. it again mm. so no, I think international football should be scrapped like the because obviously the government is saying that at least six months where we can have our fans back and uh, ourselves back into the stadiums okay six months of no international football then of them yeah. flying around the, flying all around the world doing what they want to do I think it's a bit optimistic for that tournament to go ahead next year, really. I think it would have been mm. beneficial just to say, look, it's not ideal, but the best thing is just to can the tournament and, and let's hope we can get the World Cup put in place in, in a couple of years and, and focus on that. But yeah. And the idea that had to um, push it back for the next... What, I just think, I mean, next imagine... Part? Sorry, imagine sorry. how uh, much more exciting it would be if they allowed... They scrapped international football and they allowed every uh, top-level uh, team to double their size of squad. Yeah. And instead of internationals, you had that some kind of summer tournament, where, you know, Club World Cup type thing. That would be, I mean, that would be incredible, yeah. wouldn't it? I mean, you know, playing teams from all over the world. I think that would be so much yeah. more exciting if you, as, as, yeah. you know, say allow the, allow, you know, your squad size to, to virtually double to cover it, to cover all the games. And yeah. I mean, there's a comment here, but like similar to saying the same sort of thing, really, increasing the squad sizes, you know, um, probably makes sense at this, certainly at this season, if, if no other time, definitely this season, I think it would have definitely made sense. I can't understand why yeah. they're so sort of rigid with all these rules and stuff that they've had in place previously, because this is a completely different situation, isn't it? And the yeah. international football and the squad size and all these sort of things should have been really looked at before the start of the season and said, you know what, let's change it for this season, even if it's only for this season only, just to give everyone a bit more of a chance. Because it is ridiculous playing these games now, these international games. And if we do get injuries, again, um, the, the COVID-infested Arsenal misfits said they're about the injuries that we've had previously in, internationally. You know, if we get if we come back this week with three or four injuries to some of our bigger players, then we're not going to be in a good good position, are we? Same with other clubs as well. It's just it's well, crazy. They've scrapped the five subs rule as well. Why? Why did they yeah. scrap the five subs yeah. rule? Because all, all, all uh, the that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I know what you. Yeah, they say oh, it, it benefits the bigger teams, but that, that's rubbish. Yeah, that's Absolute what, yeah. rubbish. Literally, because that, uh, the, every no, team no. needs to keep their squad fresh. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the co- the players cost on the bench it, and how you know the supposed quality of them. It, it's the it's to keep your squad fresh. I mean, if you think about it, though, it actually benefits the smaller clubs because the smaller clubs have got more What's options. When they're playing yeah. a big team, haven't they? They can they can make more changes to their to their side to you know to counteract the other team. So I actually think it benefits the smaller clubs. I as know, well. absolute rubbish that argument yeah. about yeah. saying oh yeah. benefits the bigger teams. It doesn't yeah. at all. No. And the, the irony is, it's the, it was the smaller clubs that we just mentioned there. They're the ones that voted it down. And like as yeah, you said, tactically, yeah. as you said, they could there's an extra edge to it. Like they saw in the return of the Premier League back in the last season. Yeah, they could they could they could after them three subs normally that would be it. But no, mm. if things that go with, with the extra few couple subs, you've got that extra option of, oh, it hasn't yeah. worked, so I can change it again. Yeah, of course you have. And I think the, the smaller clubs were getting more benefits out of that, I think, and would have would have done as well, you know. Yeah, the bigger clubs mm. with the bigger squads can have more expensive players on the bench, but that, that doesn't necessarily well, make any difference, does it? It's, no, it's more to do no, with the make. Exactly. Mm. So it's all about keeping your, your players fresh. You know, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it just, that's, it that's all it is. That's all it is. And uh, I just don't understand it. It's just... 
the risk of injuries and all that kind of stuff is, is a lot yeah. greater with the situation. Can you imagine now. if Saka gets injured or if, if Thomas Partey gets injured or whatever? Oh, don't don't, don't, don't even talk about Thomas no, Partey. Yeah. 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 Touch yeah, anyway. wood, obviously. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just pleased that Bamiang didn't go on international duty because of that little injury mm. he picked up against Sheffield United. Because well, at least, as long as he can rest and get fit between now and the game, at least we, we're not going to have to risk him getting injured on international duty. Because well, Jack, Jack Wilshire, you know, remember, remember when he was out for the whole season? Mm. That was after yeah. uh, that was after an England game. Yeah, you got injured yeah, on in England. Yeah, I know. It's, but it's, it's, these things, uh, Robin Van Persie always used to get injured playing for Holland, didn't he? Every yeah, time yeah. we come back from Holland with an injury that he cost us like probably twenty five games a season, and mm. you know, unfortunately, we seem to have come out of that on the on the on the bad side. But but now with the current situation, anyway, with travelling all over the world being such a a danger, I suppose, why are they allowing? Well, yeah. It's just yeah. crazy, isn't it? Completely crazy. And you know, we've seen the situation now with Kieran Tierney, which hopefully, as we said, we might be able to you know get round that, but. There could be a lot of other players come back from all over the world and having to self-isolate when they get back for 14 days. You know, and some of the smaller clubs that have got international players in, in Africa or somewhere else, they might come back and have to self-isolate. It's going to be more of a problem for them, isn't it, to find players to replace well, them and have to get through. You know those um, massive inflatable balls, that like like hamster balls that you can go in and play football on water. Bubble football, yeah. That's what they should all be doing in, in the internationals. They should all <laughs> so they keep them safe, you know, all the players. Idea. Maybe the Premier League should be like that for the rest of the season. Yeah. <laughs> Don't bother testing them, just stick them in the bubble. Really, yeah. good, really good fun, that is. Have you, seen the ones, have you seen the ones where it just covers half of you and you say your legs are sticking out of the bottom? Have you seen you around yeah. and crash people, yeah. playing football with those on? That's hilarious. That's really, really yeah. funny. Yeah, I've seen the video. Yeah, they just run into each other. And yeah. Each other. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely brutal, that is. Maybe that's the future. Maybe that'll be the future. Maybe that's what Maybe that's what the future's going to be. This right. new normal. Maybe that's what the new normal will be. Bubble football in the Premier League. Yeah, certainly <laughs> COVID. It makes a difference to uh, the, you know, being in your bubble, doesn't it? Your safe bubble. Well, you are in your bubble. Whole yeah. new meaning. Whole new in meaning. Your bubble. I think we'll all be living like that. Actually, I reckon by by, by next yeah. year, by this time next year, we'll all be living in them little plastic bubbles. All of us. We won't no, be able to go right. out. Otherwise, it'd be too dangerous. <laughs> I'm going to go and live in the woods. I'm going to make myself a wooden shack and go and live in the woods. On Definitely, need to find somewhere else to live if it carries on like this. Yeah. Uh, anyway, getting back on 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 subject. <laughs> um, <laughs> really, obviously, now the transfer window shut for now, isn't it? Uh, certainly till January. With everything that we've done, I know we've all said how happy we've been with the transfer window. Has that sort of should that should that sort of change our expectations for the season now? Our goals and our aims for the rest of this season. Should we reassess them now? Maybe change them, bearing in mind what's happened in the in the window. What, what do you think about that, Paul? Do you think we should reassess where we could possibly take this season now? I think the goal at the start of the season was let's get top four. That would have been the goal from the club. That would have been the target for Arteta to, to kind of reach. Um, the window hasn't changed my perception of that. I still think if we get top four, I think that's a brilliant season for us to get back into the, the Champions League. Um, but I'm a lot more confident now over the last couple of days and getting that deal over the line that we can we can really push on and do that. But as we've both we've all mentioned at, at some point tonight, the consistency I think is is absolutely going to be the key this season. Um, and if we can continue to be consistent, beat the teams that are in and around us, we've we've made ourselves a lot harder to beat. So the, these teams teams that are hanging around the top six as well, we're going to pick more points up against them 
than we have done in previous years. So if we can do that, why not push for third? I think if you, like you said a bit earlier on, Rich, I think the one surprise that we could get out of that top four is, is City because you just, you don't know what they are. You don't know mm. where, where they're at this season at all. I, I, you could see them you are just as likely to win the league as they are to finish outside the top four. So, and it, um, it, it, it maybe as he as he lost his motivation for City, listening to some of his interviews, yeah. he looks like he's mm. lost it. He, he looks like yeah. he's maybe thinking of other things and looking at his next club as opposed to trying to, yeah. as though he maybe feels as though he can't do any more with them. I don't know. That's yeah. just a feeling I've got. And if that's the case, then that could leave an extra place in the top in the top four this year. Possibly. I think the only the only team is going to guarantee top four is, is Liverpool. Yeah, City yeah. aren't, Chelsea aren't, no. Man United aren't. So I think the whole yeah. I think three. Man, Man United really um, they 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 remind me of us three or four years back. You know these signings yeah. that they're making, Cavani. They're panic buys. They're the kind of buys that we would do on the last couple of days of the window, mm. just getting bodies in just to try and fill a squad. I find that yeah. quite offensive, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think Oli, uh, I mean, it's, it's a matter of time in it before he gets found out. It's not, it's it's not going to be too much longer, but I'm hoping it, I'm hoping it continues. But um, ten year, I think anybody ten, that ten knows anything about football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, top four for me is the goal. The window hasn't changed that. I'm just more confident we can do it now. Mm. Is, is this true here? What obviously the COVID affected Arsenal Misfits said. Is this Portugal window still open? Could we still get players from Portugal? No, no, no. We can't buy from there, but they can buy from us. Yeah, we can sell. Uh, it's a bit like the situation we had last year, didn't we? Because our, our transfer window shut a bit earlier last year, didn't it? Yeah. So other clubs were still trading, but we couldn't. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. yeah. We can't we can't register players anymore apart from this extra ten days or so uh, between the championship and below. Yeah, so that's, that's just that's is that just a long window or is it, it's not it's not a permanent no, transfer window, is it? It's yeah, it's permanent long. as well. Yeah. Oh, oh, is it permanent? Well. oh right, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't see us doing too much. I know you, you, there's a couple of players, maybe Norwich, as you said before, Campwell and maybe um, Wendy, who we could maybe look at. I don't know, yeah. but or Ben Rama. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, possibly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what about yourself, Ryan? Have you changed your kind of expectations for the season now with the with the business that we've done? Yeah, well, my, as you know, my expectations were always getting us in, get us back in the top four, and my expectation was before before even signed Partey, said we should, we have got no excuse not to, we could we could possibly get third. If anything, Partey and the business we have done of other in other positions has sort of highlighted heightened that for me. Now, I think mm. if we don't get third, a lot of you've got to ask questions of the players and what what went wrong basically in that sense but also I think we can add a trophy to that as well now be it, I love it. Put there, actually if Spurs was all English Southgate would fill the 11 Spurs players yeah he probably would <laughs> <laughs> you probably would yeah. I mean Andrew I remember we, we spoke didn't we back before the start of the season saying if we kept the same squad that we had that we felt we could finish third as it was didn't we yeah no, I my, mean, nothing's changed my all all of my um, hope and expectation is down to Arteta, not the players on the pitch. Mm, yeah. I, I don't mind who he picks, and that's that's how confident mm. I am in his management. So, yeah. the fact that we've bought well in the summer transfer window just makes Arteta's job a bit easier, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So uh, we've got the, the manager capable of, of top four, and the Europa League was my prediction at the beginning of the season before all. The, before it all started, and uh, nothing's changed as far as that's concerned. 
um, because of the players we bought. It just makes, like I say, it just makes Mikel Arteta's job a bit easier. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I say I, I've I've not necessarily changed in terms of the league. I still think we can get top three. I thought that before. Mm. Even like even like you said, it's probably slightly easier now than it might have been. Um, I, I just feel as though now we've got a little bit more opportunity to really go for the Europa League and possibly mm. other cups as well because I think our squad now has got a little bit more depth to it. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know we've got a reasonably decent Europa League group to start with, so we should be able yeah. to get through that. And then you know. Um, we, we can hopefully make up for last year when we kind of, you know, the only thing I'd say is really was that was, I think he made a few mistakes, didn't he, in the Europa League, the Olympiacos mm. game, and maybe he can make up for that this year. But I, I feel as though the league probably, yeah, not a lot different. I still think we can get top three, top four. Um, I just feel as though now we've got more of an opportunity to really push on in Europe as well and have a real good go at that as well as finish top four. Do maybe what Chelsea did the other year when it finished top by and win the Europa League. I think we've got a great chance now with the squad that we've got. If we yeah, can avoid too many injuries and, and what what have you, and players not having to self isolate and all that kind of carry on. <laughs> but you know, yeah. as things stand, I think we've got a great chance now, and I'm you know I'm excited actually for this season now where it can go, where where it can take us really. And like you yeah. said, as a man, isn't he? You know. 100%, yeah, I, I, you know, I keep, we've all said this a hundred times, and you know, apologies for saying it again, but uh, Man City have not been the same team since Arteta left, no. and that is no. that's fact, the actual fact. And Art, and Pep has just looked like a different man since he left as well. Remember when we beat yeah. them? In the semi-final, and he turned he around and he was talking team, to himself he? in the, on the yeah. bench. He, for, he forgot that Arteta weren't there. You know, he's, he's saying, what the fuck do I do? Oh, what? Oh, oh, oh shit. You're like, seriously, he was the brains behind a lot of it. And it's showing. It really is showing. And, I think um, man management as well. I think his man management of the players was a, was a lot, is a lot better than Pep's. I think Pep may be slightly better, maybe tactically or the style of play, whatever. But I think Arteta dealt with the players more, didn't he? If you watched the documentary, you could kind of see that quite clearly. Mm. And obviously, they've lost that now. We've gained that, plus we've gained his tactical knowledge as well. And we, we've come out of that pretty well, haven't we? Let's be honest, you know. Well, Arteta's, Arteta's tactical now, is, it, for, from what I've seen so far, I know it's only a small uh, sample size, but he... Oh, 3-0 overhead kick. Was it? Danny Ings. Yeah. Yeah, Danny Ings. Nice I said I'd be paying for that because I've got him in my fantasy team. <laughs> um, but it, no, Arteta's um, management, game management... It's more advanced than Pep's. Pep, Pep, Pep has got one yeah. way of playing, really. He, he, he doesn't change things mid-match, does he? No, no. Um, and quite often, he, whenever it, the, he gets under a really pressure situation, like in the Champions League, he fails. All, yeah. I don't think time. he's ever... Pep, Pep's time. never been in a position where, really, he's been with the best clubs, with the best teams. I mean, with the that most Barcelona team... Yeah, that Barcelona team he had is arguably... One of the greatest sides ever to have played European football. 100%, and Bayern, yeah. Bayern Munich were, were the same. He, he joined there at the right time. Got the got the best out of them players as well. So, and City obviously he's got a, a blank checkbook, and he so he just yeah. Well, yeah. I'm saying this is the thing, right? I'm gonna, sorry, I, I don't want to monopolize. When you when you get a, a, the signs of a coach, a good, really good coach, is the improvement in the players that he's coaching. Yeah. That's what he's there for, making yeah. the players better. Yeah. Now. How many managers can you uh, name that actually change the players that they they're coaching? Like Oli Gunnar Solskjaer has been at Man United two years now, and the, I, I would argue that the players are worse. 
than mm. when he and rather than coaching the players to to be able to defend, and this goes for Pep as well, they go out and buy new players. And that's clearly not the issue, right? Arteta has shown that he can get that David Luiz, Mustafi, and you know all, all of our defenders to actually work as a defensive unit. But yeah. when he, if, they, if if they were showing frailties at Man City, they don't, they won't go and coach them. They'll just go and buy someone. Yeah, and that's the difference, right? And and, and Frank Lampard is the same, right? When he went into Derby, because this is his. What the sec- um, third, fourth year of management? Every yeah. single team that he's managed uh, have been horrendous defensively, and yeah. this, uh, so he's he's got three seasons. Well, just entering his third season as a manager now, and he's shown no sign that he's able to coach the players to be better players. Mm-hmm. So what Arteta's done within the space of what six months worth of management now? gives you every confidence that he's actually a great coach because our yeah. players have, have improved tenfold since he's been with the club already. Yeah. So that that is why we're going to do well, because of him. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I, I totally agree. And that's, that's the thing. What, what, what Arteta is, he's, he's... And I think he, he maybe did the same at Man City as well, perhaps. He was the one who worked with the players. And he, you can see the, the improvements he made. With, I mean, we said it before. The... the the t- our team looked completely different from November to what it did in, say, April and May or, well, yeah. June, say, June and July, the end of the season, right? And we're the same players, but we just looked a completely different team. And mm. we didn't go out and buy a load of players to do that. It was the same players. Yeah. He's just changed them and he, he improved them and he worked with them all. And, he, you know, and that's that's great, isn't it? I mean, that's that's why we're lucky to have him. And he's going to be making one of the most sought-after coaches in European football very, very quickly. The and only we other have, coach we've got to worry about is Klopp. Klopp does the same. Klopp has improved yeah. all those players. Mm. But they're, they're coming to the end of their cycle now that, as a team. Yeah, right? they are. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And everyone knows how they play now. And, I mean, we could have, that's the annoying thing, right? Because we caught them out in the second half when we played them quite often. And it was a sign to what happened um, for them Villa. against uh, Villa. Yeah, yeah, it was. We yeah. were doing the same, but we unfortunately, you know, Laka didn't put the chances away on the day. But it could have been a different story. Um, so I, you know, I'm, I, I can see quite. I, I don't know how long you'll stay there, Klopp. But if he stays long time at, at, at Liverpool, I could see a real rivalry growing between Arteta and Klopp because yeah. Klopp's already, you know, he the way he speaks about Arteta, uh, he's very, very, very complimentary about. Mm. Him. A lot, yeah, yeah. and um, he said, "Well, after the Villa game, he made. I, I haven't heard this um, at all, but I heard someone on the on a podcast today say that after the, the Villa game, he said that's what you get after you've played two uh, yeah. Arteta's team twice in a week." Yeah. Seriously, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. and I so they they I can see that they they could be like a, another Ferguson Wenger rivalry growing mm. if they stay. Um, you know, if, if Klopp stays there, because that, he's the only one that's sort of uh, similar to Arteta in the fact that he can improve players and he knows what he's doing. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. Sorry. yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I say, you know, at the moment we've got Arteta, and we need to be grateful and enjoy every yeah. moment of it because it, he's, he's not going to. He might be, but I can't see him staying at Arsenal for the sort of time that Wenger did. Um, but we'll see. I mean, he, 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 he seems to love the club, which is good, and I think he's he's. 
bought into this project. I don't think he would leave Arsenal regardless until he's, no, he's, no. he's seen it through, wherever that might be, whether it's to get us back in the Champions League, whether it's winning the Champions League, which I know he mentioned with Willian, didn't he, Ooh, within three yeah. years. Um, but I'd, I'd like to see us obviously win the Premier League as well. You know, that, that, To me, that's more important. It'd be nice to win yeah. the Champions League, but winning the Premier League again would be... That to me would be the ultimate. That I'll take. 100%. And I think he would only ever leave us, in my in my head, only ever leave us one other club, and that's obvious. It's Barcelona. I don't think he'd go anywhere yeah. else. Or maybe Man City, possibly. I'm not sure. Think? I'm not sure, if I'm honest. I don't think he has that yeah, I think so. I don't think he'd take another team. He's one of those guys. I don't think he'd take another team in the Premier League after being our manager. I think he's. No, I'm not, not sure. I think he's a real Arsenal guy at heart. Yeah, no, so I do. yeah, yeah. When he uh, his whole plan when he left uh, Barcelona was to one day play for Arsenal. Yeah. When he was young, and um, because yeah. that's the reason he actually went to Rangers because he thought it was a step, you know, into the UK. And he yeah. he finally worked his way to Arsenal because he said the the club, the values, the way we play. Um, is the only team that's comparable with Barcelona, and obviously we were at the time. Yeah. And yeah. uh, that's the, that's why he's always loved Arsenal. And, yeah. Arsene Wenger, he's done it again, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, cycle. <laughs> I just only wish that Arsene Wenger had um, coached him and nurtured him as a coach to be his successor before yeah. he left for, for a, a good amount of time, like Pep. Like him working, yeah, but then that, you see, we should worked under Wenger, but, but he, he's, he's worked under Wenger. He's worked under Pep, hasn't he? So he's got ideas from, mm. from yeah. both of them, which I think is going to be a, a massive advantage to his career. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're getting benefits of that now, but I think going forward yeah. for him as well, I yeah. think he's, he's, his coaching he, career is yeah, that's true. true. Yeah. And he did say, true. Oh, he did say on soccer. He did an interview on Soccer AM on Saturday, and he did say. Because he's asked about his, 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 his own management style, is it? No, yeah, I've took a little bit from here, a little bit from there, a little Saka bit from there. Saka nearly scored. Yeah. Saka nearly yeah, scored. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that'd be great, wouldn't it? How great would that be for the lad? No, but yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, as I was saying, he, so he's, he, he acknowledges he's learned from certain managers. He takes a little bit of knowledge from that person, that person. He puts it into his he, own philosophy. Even David Moyes. Yeah, even David yeah. Moyes. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's mentioned David Moyes before, hasn't he? Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tidy of him. He, he played under him for a long time, didn't he? Everton as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice, no, good. It's all good. Um, just right, if we sort of move on, the final thing I want to go over just a few. There's been a few little news stories coming out of Arsenal this week, really. A few little silly things as well. I mean, like for example, the Meza Özil thing and Gunasaurus. You know, they're best mates now, apparently. Um, <laughs> The best things that um, anyone decision to, to offer to pay his wages. I mean, is that a publicity stunt or do you think it's genuine? What do, what do you think about that, Paul? Do you think he's actually genuinely wants to do that? I think it's a weird one, isn't it? Because you look at Urzo and you can you can see. I mean, everybody knows how much he does for charity and and, mm. the, and the things he puts in from that perspective. But there's no way there's no way he's made that public without taking a dig. Mm. There's, there's other ways that he could have gone around that if 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 there was yeah I, mean, I think the sentiment is genuine um but just the way he's gone about it i think there's a kind of a double-edged sword there in it i think he's he's trying he wanted to do the right thing but at the same time he's seen an opportunity to to take a so dig at the club I mean, everybody i mean they've not covered themselves in any glory anyway arsenal have they by, by doing it um and it, he's kind of kind of taking the opportunity to make it look worse than, than possibly it maybe is. Cause, but I don't think Arsenal have really commented on it. I mean, he'll come back. When the fans come back, 
the mascot will be back. You can't not have a mascot. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's um, it, it's certainly not a permanent thing. But yeah, I, I think uh, I don't think the club would have been happy the way he went around that. No, possibly no. not. What, what do you think, Ryan? Did, did you like that little gesture he made, or did you think it was all a bit of a a dig? I'm like Paul. I think it's a bit of both. I think he's genuine in the, yeah. in, the in the in the offer of it. But at the same time, he's used it as a good opportunity with whatever's going on behind closed doors that hasn't been made public so far, Touchwood. Yeah. Um, he's using it to bat, bat the club over the, over, the, over the head, basically, and make them not doing worse than what they, they did in the first week. Because that's the one thing about, the, obviously, transfer, transfer, deadline, transfer deadline day. Yeah, we got Park Day, but we but they made redundant a, a guy that's been working for the club 27 years on eight, who's only earning £18,000 a week. And then hours later, signed a guy and put him on over 200k a week. So that's made about it itself. So him for him the next day to then do. And you, if you read the, how he words it as well in the message as well, and then the follow-up tweet to it. Yeah, it, there, are, little, there are little digs there at the club. And I, I think I think that's a, I think personally, I don't know if we have to go into it, but I think that's a nail in the coffin for what we found out today of being being excluded from the Europa League the league team. Yeah, he would have known that at that point anyway, wouldn't he? He wouldn't have just found out today that he wasn't going to make the score. He'd have found out a little while back. So I think that was obviously going to be the case anyway. He's not played, has he, yeah. at all, though, since, yeah. since March. I mean, what, what, do you, what do you think, Andrew, about all the Gunnosaurus carry-on? You happy about well, that? Yeah, quite a few a few points, really. I think the, the fact that it came out on transfer deadline day was down to journos. They were leaking the story. So Arsenal mm. had to come out and do it. They were forced to do it on that day because uh, people were saying, what a, what a stupid thing to do, do it on transfer deadline day. Mm. It was done yeah. on purpose to make us look bad. Mm. Done on purpose. Um, so that's the first thing. Second thing is, this: um, the guy who plays him, it's Jimmy, isn't it? Jimmy, Jerry. Um, Jerry. Jerry. He was close to retirement age anyway, but... He's on forty grand. Well, he'd be 40 about ten thousand years old, won't he? So yeah, forty to forty <laughs> to forty-five yeah. grand a year pro rata uh, is what he earns. Mm. Now, uh, Mesut Özil's only got what uh, his contract finishes in June, so uh, he's got six, seven, about you know eight, nine months left of salary to pay because he said he'll cover his salary whilst mm. he's still with the club. Yeah. Um, so that would, I mean, it's going to cost him virtually peanuts. Yeah. And now, fair enough, it's a nice gesture. I love charity, but I like to talk about it, mate. Um, but it's smashy and nicey. But he's um, it's, it's just the biggest poke in the eye you can give to your employer. It's just embarrassing yeah. Arsenal as a uh, as a club. It's just a ridiculous thing to do. If he wanted to do that, he didn't have to go out and put it out on on Twitter on on Instagram and everything, did he? He could have just done it behind the scenes. If he wants to be a nice man, just do it behind the scenes then, fair enough. But to to do what he did is just a disgrace as far as I'm concerned. It really is a complete embarrassment to the club. And why... (laughs) Why it's it's an issue? It wouldn't have been an issue if 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 the club weren't forced to have done it on that day, because at the end of it, why have we got? Uh, why do we need a dinosaur walking around on the pitch when there's no fans in the stadium? Uh, it's just ridiculous, Actually, complete yeah. waste of money. So, I just think the whole thing has been set up to make our club look look like idiots, 
And yeah. uh, I'm not happy about it because I don't like our club looking like idiots. And we're always the ones that are dragged through the mud about everything. No other club mm. gets the same publicity as we do about trying to save money. And uh, if, I mean, the transfer deadline day, the Thomas Party couldn't be no couldn't be mentioned on any media outlet without us having made 55 redundancies. Mm. I don't know whether you noticed that, but it was everywhere. Yeah, now, are yeah, we the only club? Are we the only club across Europe that's made redundancies during this cold COVID period? Well, if you believe the media, yeah, apparently. Exactly. The thing is, as well, we also, I don't know whether there was a, a story come out, this was when we made the redundancies, but we also employ, I think it was only Man United that employed more staff than Arsenal did anyway. Yeah. So, in terms of the amount of jobs that we've opened up and given those opportunities to people, Nobody mentions that. The fact that no. it was, I think it was have nearly 800 staff or something, or 500 staff or something yeah. stupid. You know, have was... a look on uh, LinkedIn. Have a look on LinkedIn. Yeah. We're, we're advertising for a load of new roles because yeah. we're modernising behind the scenes. We, we've had yeah. a, a structure that's been going back to like probably the 1940s, and it, which has just been <laughs> growing and growing. We've actually, yeah. what's happening behind the scenes is actually quite exciting if you actually read into it and bother to read into it. Like, no, no journalist would ever would. No. We're actually streamlining, and we've got two sides to the business. We've got the obviously the Arsenal, not PLC, but Arsenal, the the company, and we've got Arsenal, the playing side, the football side, yeah. Yeah. and we've got two different budgets, right? So we've got a budget that play for the playing staff, and we've got a budget for the business, like yeah. anyone, else, like any other club would. So we're not when we actually go out and buy a Thomas Party for forty five million, it doesn't mean. That it's come out the other budget, and that's the reason why we've made those redundancies. But when you've got to, it's yeah. like having two companies, and when you, if you are a business owner that's got two companies, you do sometimes have to, if one, if one side is really struggling, you would have to cut back on, on, on one side to, in order to sort of try and give the other side a bit of a boost. But yeah. it's, it, it they're, they're not linked as such. But mm. if we don't do well on the pitch, then we're going to make even more redundancies on the business side because we're not yeah, going to make as much money. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, yeah. it's not, it's not hard to think about, but no, no, on, on the in the media, we're always portrayed to be the shitty club with that makes terrible yeah. decisions. And yeah. if you used to actually start to look into it yourself, you'll realize the truth. Yeah. And it does. It really does my head in it really does my head in. Yeah. I, I don't know if Gunnosaurus was on furlough, was he? I don't think we... Did, we didn't use a furlough, did we? I don't think for any of our staff. We didn't, didn't, did we? didn't furlough no. anyone. No, don't, no, one, no one mentions that. We kept all our staff on. All our matchday yeah. staff were kept yeah. on until the end of June. Yeah. And, Sam, and then Sam's put on here about, obviously, Liverpool were... They were, weren't they? they? They announced they were putting all their staff on furlough and they got so much bad publicity, they, they changed their mind. I think Tottenham did as well, didn't they? Didn't yeah. Tottenham... Put yeah, something Tottenham, in yeah. what they were going to. I don't know if they did or they didn't. Oh, uh, oh and, and, and Tottenham. They, I mean, they actually spent an awful lot of money, right, on the chan- in the transfer window. Mm. But mm. they actually borrowed £175 million off the government. Mm. And have they been mentioned about uh, spending that money on... on uh, I think they spent £85 million, did they, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, like that. Plus the £20 million loan or bail, yeah. And they got that from the government. And they were going to furlough all their staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but they, no one's mentioned that at all. No, no, it. When they signed uh, the players, they signed on transfer deadline day. Did they say, "Oh, by the way, that must have come out the 175 million they borrowed from Her Majesty's Treasury"? No, they didn't. We'd lent it to them, didn't we? All that's not taxpayers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
No, no, Simon, no, no. Sam lived in Norway, so he wouldn't have contributed. So he's, he's they just, <laughs> just skim over that. They just skim over the fact that they borrowed all that money and they've just, they've just spent it. But, yeah. no, no, we've made 55 redundancies, so we'll have to mention that. Yeah, no, that yeah. drives yeah. me mad. Drives me I mad. Mean, Sam sort of touched the point there about the business and the football and, you know, it's not, it is separate, isn't it? They they do keep it separate and they have to. All, all football clubs are on the same, aren't they? Because, they, they, well, in fact, there's probably two or three sides to a football club when you think about it because you've got the, the sort of merchandise and all that kind of stuff. You've actually got the business side in the offices and all that thing. And then also you've got the playing side as well. So mm. There's lots of different sides to it. And obviously it all needs funding, doesn't it? And money's got to come from somewhere. And if we've got if we had jobs that are no longer viable in the situation, as Sam said there, with no home games, with no fans in, with none of that happening, of course we couldn't have had to make redundancies or, or you know, make those jobs redundant for the time being. I'm, mm. No doubt they will come back. I'm sure Gunnosaurus will be back in the in the stadium when the won't fans... Be, won't, yeah, it won't, be the, it won't be the same bloke, but it'll be uh, Gunnosaurus in... The, as It'll a, be as a dinosaur. We'll be back, but it won't be the same <laughs> guy, unfortunately. Actually, well, it might be. It might be Arsene Wenger, you know, because now he's not got a job. He's had to write a book, yeah. so he, yeah. he might. He might end up being Gunnosaurus. You never know. Yeah. What was, was Gunnosaurus's salary? I might apply for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, on the money he was getting to, to do a couple of hours work on a Saturday. Yeah, eighteen right. grand a week, apparently, according to the media. Well, eighteen grand a week. No, that's what Paul Merson said 80 grand a week. 18, I said. As a joke, uh, as a joke. I said, eight, pe- I said 18, not 80. Yeah, I know, I know. But Paul uh, Merson okay. said something. Paul Merson said that. And that, is if uh, Gunnosaurus okay. is on 18 grand a week? I mean, he's on 40 to 45 grand a year, pro rata, because he's, he's part-time, obviously. It's not a bad wage, though, is it, to be fair? No, no. Like, but he, he doesn't just... He does... Um, he, he does a lot of um, you know, uh, kids' parties and all that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll put that out there now. I'll, I'll take on the Gunnosaurus role for half of that wage. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think we all would. <laughs> but just one other thing, just quickly. Um, people now, I think, I don't know whether you agree, and this is probably going to get a lot of backlash or whatever, but people really need to lay off the, the cronkies now, I think, for a while. Because yeah, no, since, I agree, yeah. since they've had 100% ownership, which was the summer that Arsene Wenger left, Mm. Uh, you know, you cannot say that our club is not moving forward at a pretty mm. decent rate now and getting itself, getting its shit together, mm. and sorting out an awful lot of problems. And they ha- they are back in the club and back in the manager mm. with regards to, you know, signings. So I won't go into too much more detail, but just li- I think we just just leave mm. them off, leave off them for you a could, while. You now. Could. Also, you could say arguably their best signing was Tim Lewis back in the summer. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah, hundred percent. He's really good, a really good appointment, and mm. the fact that they're doing this streamlining is actually making us into a modern club. You know, mm. we, and it just shows you as soon as Raul's gone, no players that we're linked with are anything to do with Super Eight yeah. anymore. <laughs> you know, this goes with um, when you look at Arteta's philosophy and the way. <sighs> the clarity that he brings to the, the players that he brings on the pitch. Mm. There's, a, there's a clarity with through the club now. You haven't got 10, 15 people all mm. with different opinions trying to bring players in. You know, you've got mm. Edu and you've got Arteta. Exactly. And then you've yeah. got, you know, it's, it, you're stripping it down. You're, that, that process now is, is going to be so much quicker um, and so much more thorough. You just, the, the whole, the whole structure is just very clear now about what people's jobs are. And that, and that filters onto the pitch as well from Arteta. So, 
Definitely. I'm all for it. Definitely. I'm just thinking, uh, you know, give them a bit more time now, but I think uh, they are showing some really good signs that are yeah. very positive as far as I'm concerned as owners. And, uh, yeah. you know, you put yourself in the position of a, a Newcastle mm. fan for, you know, for just for a little while or a West Ham fan with their owners. And, mm. you know, things could be an awful lot worse. Let's just put it that way. Exactly. Jesus Christ. They took a lot of flack for stuff that maybe wasn't always their fault as well sometimes. Yeah. Didn't they? Previously, you know, and I, I think that was maybe a little bit now. Now that's become more clear, I guess, than it was at the time. But I think they took a lot of sticks for stuff that was out of their kind of hands, really. But like you said, since they took over completely, we've seen the differences quite quickly, haven't we? Where we've mm. been headed. Well, people uh, were moaning about before they had the 100% and, uh, you know, it was all diluted, there at the ownership, mm. uh, were moaning about the lack of support that they were giving us then. But it's, it's the analogy I would use is, say you and a mate um, were, uh, bought a house together because just to get on the housing market, just to share the cost. Mm. And then would you, as, a, as an individual, go and spend 25 grand to put an extension on the back out of your own pocket, which would increase the house value, if you knew that your mate was thinking about moving out as well, you know, or, mm. you know, you, you wouldn't improve, what I'm saying is, you wouldn't improve the value of the, the house that you own out of your own pocket for your mate then to benefit from all of that extra uh, mm. value on the on the house. It's just it's just one of those things because you're not owning it. You're not going to make all the, the money back. And at the end of the day, he's a businessman, Stan Kronk, and he, he wants to make money. And he's not an Arsenal fan since birth. You know, it's obvious. He's never going to be passionate like it, like uh, we are. But he still wants it to succeed. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it makes him more money. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So he's not stupid. He's not going to like you know let it run in, into the ground because he still wants a return on that investment. So I just think it's. Um, I think we're in a good place at the moment. That's all I'll say. We can go on about it for a while, but I ain't going to. But I think we're quite. Oh, I usually make the noses on the pitch. I think um, the only thing that made uh, made Cronky look worse was the stadium that he built the Rams, wasn't it? That was what was that billion. Five, five billion or something. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that, 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 he didn't. I mean, that's the other thing. He didn't. He, he didn't set out to to pay that much, though, did he? I mean, it's just like <laughs> you know, it was a. I'm sure if he could turn back the time, he wouldn't. He wouldn't do it. But um, yeah, that was a real nightmare for him. But I, I just think we going going forward. I think at least we can be comfortable that our owners are never going to let us get into sort of financial difficulty or trouble. And I think we should, we're going to be. And now we've got our test as well. I think on on the pitch we're we're going to be sorted as well. So mm. yeah, long may it continue. I think. Yeah. No, exactly. I just want to just say Winston there about a, a severe trying trying to buy Gunnosaurus. There's no way they're getting Gunnosaurus. Absolutely no, no chance. No, they couldn't afford him for a start if he's on that hundred eighty grand a week, can he? So, <laughs> well, they, they can, uh, yeah, they can have him for three hundred and fifty grand a week on loan with no op no option to buy at the end of the season. <laughs> exactly, well, just, exactly. You send him in there, and he'll cover his wage at the same time. You'll never know. <laughs> and this in response, this, this comment here from again from the COVID infested Arsenal misfit, Aubameyang's replacement. I believe we might already have him in Martinelli. That's my feeling. Mm. Over the next yeah, few years, Martinelli yeah. could develop into a Bamiang's replacement, possibly, um, which could save us quite a lot of money if that's the case. But well, did, did you see the other yet. youngsters we bought on deadline day as well? They look really yeah, good. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we bought seven, didn't we? Seven under twenty-three players. 
Well, the the big uh, foot, six foot four centre forward Swedish guy that was uh, no, at Bologna no, yeah. for a while. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. on loan at Bologna for a while in their academy, and um, they really likened him because of his the way his his playing style, skill, yeah. and stature. Said he's the new Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So yeah. <laughs> six wow. for four, six for four, and he's eighteen. But apparently he's uh, extremely skillful as well. So that, that's really exciting. And the other one is a, a winger from Ajax that really excites me as well. If you read about him, the reviews are bloody hell, really glowing. Uh, this Ajax mm. kid. So, yeah, no, uh, yeah, we, we, we've, brought some, we've done some good business actually in for the under-23s, which again definitely. is investing in the future of the club, isn't it? You know, at the end yeah. of the day, if some of these come through and save us a lot of money in the future for having to replace players like a Bamiyang and, and some of these others that are getting a bit older in, in age, then that's great business again, isn't it? And the club's showing great vision, um, mm. look, looking for a long-term plan, which is what's always been the case, as opposed to you know other clubs not so far away in London who have only ever had a short-term plan for short-term success and just doing that constantly. Whereas we've got a plan now for the next probably 10 years already in place. Yeah. And the let's... We got in there before the end of Brexit, before this, the Brexit rules come in and we won't be able to do this no more. So the fact that yeah, we've got yeah. in and nicked them now is a really good sign. Shows a lot yeah. of good, yeah. good business now, business sense. Uh, it just shows that we're looking we're looking to the future and we're not mm. looking for the instant success that I say other clubs ch- constantly chase. You know, we, mm. we could maybe have tried to do that, but we haven't, have we? We've looked at it and we thought, well, we're going to build something that's going to last, that's going to be sustainable over a long period of time. And this is the start of that process now. And we've already had success, haven't we? Winning the FA Cup and the, the Community Shield and what have you. Yeah. So, you know, if this is the start, imagine where, where we'll be at the finish of it. I mean, it's, it's I'm exciting. Enjoy the ride, yeah. It's very exciting, really exciting. Mm. What we could have coming up. Yeah. So, what, what Sam said there, so we did mention that before about the Adu interview, and he mentioned about the the owners. Um, really, really um, exciting interview. That actually, I say, if you've not seen it, watch watch the Adu interview. Yeah, I haven't yet. I haven't yet. So, I'll yeah, you need to watch it. It is a good interview. I mean, Ed, Edu, I mean, I, I can't, I mean, I, I love Arteta, but Edu's up there. He, he's, he's not far behind. <laughs> I've got to be honest. <laughs> he gets the club, doesn't he? He gets what it's yeah. about. He understands yeah. Arsenal as well. And I think that's so important. Obviously, Arteta does as well. Um, and it's just brilliant, really, to, to have two people like that in charge of the football side of things. And we can see what, what a difference it's made. And hopefully now with the transfer window that we've just had, it will continue to... You know, we'll continue to, to see the benefits of that as well. Oh, yeah. um, oh he, he forgot about Martin Ellie. Yeah, it's easy to forget him because he's not been playing, has he? <laughs> He'll be like a new signing. He will, yeah. Come back into the team. yeah. I'm so I'm so excited about him coming back into the team. I really am. But yeah, I, I agree with you though, completely, one hundred percent, that he is the long term replacement for Aubameyang. One hundred percent. I think he looks like. <laughs> I'd still like to know who injured him in training in the first place. Gwen Doozy or Ozil, maybe, because they've been exercised. Yeah. And he'd be Ozil, he'd be Ozil. Ozil never tackles anyone, does he? Well, or Socrates. I mean, talk about that. Just, just quickly, obviously, the, the Europa League squad, obviously, Ozil and Socrates were the two left out. Are we surprised it was M2 or not really? Uh, no. I was surprised about Ozil, actually. Um, just, just, purely because I thought that might have been a route back into him working his way into the squad, you know. I mean, when you look at the, mm. the route that we got, there's an mm. opportunity there to, to not have to play 
a lot of your first team. I think you you should be getting through that group really without having to put any of the the, the first eleven under any additional stress. So I was from that mm. perspective, I was quite surprised. It might have been a well, an no, opportunity. That, that, playing, but that's, that's the exact that's the exact reason why I wouldn't be surprised though, because it's it is a very I mean, touch wood, very lucky group that we've got drawn, mm. and it's exactly mm. right to to plan for the future and play the youngsters rather than playing someone that you know is not going to be here for more than six more months playing, you know, yeah. in the squad. So why would you? You'd want to, you want to see and give experience to the younger players, wouldn't you? Yeah, no, I get that. I, yeah, I just you get something plan. back at least. You want to plan ahead. Mm. And there's, there's something really, really bad that happened during lockdown that we'll find out about me when Mesut Ozil releases his book. Um, that's caused this. He's probably been writing it dead. Stop dead. Yeah. That's probably what he's been doing. He's probably writing his book the last six months when he's not been playing. Yeah. But that'd be interesting. I, I agree. Something's definitely happened and I don't think it's, I don't think it's football related either, actually. No. I don't think Arteta's necessarily been opposed to having Arteta in the squad. I think that there's, it's maybe above him um, for whatever reason. I don't know because I don't necessarily feel that there's a massive fallout between them two. And I don't feel as though it's always been for tactical reasons because it's been games where Mesut Ozil could have made a difference had he been on the bench to come on, I think. There's been a few games where that's been the case. And yeah, we don't know what physical state he's in. He's been training. He looks okay. When you've seen him in training, he seems to be fit. So, I don't know. But it will be interesting to know what's exactly gone on with that because, like you said, he was playing every game under Arteta. We have a break and then we come back and then he doesn't play at all again. And it's like, no, where did that come from? I did read somewhere that there was something to do with his contract. If you play him, I think is he gets two hundred grand a week. But if you play him, and with all the bonuses that comes with it, that then jumps up to the three fifty. But I don't know how how true that is, or whether that's something that, that would be a possibility. Are you just trying to manage the amount of money that you're giving him, possibly? But it probably is true about the contract yeah. situation. But Arteta wouldn't not play him because of that. No, no, no. chance. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought so either, but. If he thought he could win the game with him in a team, he would pick him. So yeah. there's, some, there's something else. There's something else mm. really, really serious. That's I think, happened. Oh, yeah, I think we'll stems back to that that uh, salary cap thing. Back yeah, in yeah. Okay. yeah. That, I think that start yeah. in my head, right? That started it. That started it completely. The fact that he um, because Arteta had to get involved in asking the players to take that reduction, and he refused. And yeah, it, yeah. It, it sort of didn't look good on on Arteta because he would have had to go back to the 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 uh, guys in the offices oh, and say, yeah. "Look, you know, I I can't get him to change his mind. He won't take it. He won't do it." But and I th- but I think something's escalated from there. I think that was a starting point, and something something else has happened. It keeps going on, and mm. I just think that. Um, yeah, I'd love to know. Absolutely love to know what's what's going on behind. But then again, you see, as, as well, I mean, something that clearly isn't related to that. I mean, it's the situation with Gwen Doozy because he got frozen out. And yes, yeah. I know his attitude maybe didn't always look to be the, the best, but for him to have been frozen out for that long completely in the way that he was, completely frozen out of the squad as well. And that's obviously is for not necessarily just footballing reasons, but clearly an attitude problem somewhere. But you'd imagine that somewhere along the line, Gwen Doozy would have had a, had a little think about it and thought to himself, do you know what? If I want to play, I just need to um, grow up a little bit. And you'd have thought he, he would have to... made an effort to do that, wouldn't you? He just yeah. had to apologise and he refused to apologise right from the start and he still hasn't. So that's the problem. And uh, Arteta cannot be seen to back down under any circumstances. 
there, there is non-negotiables, as we all know, and there is standards. And if you if, if you adhere to those and you do as you're told in training and you work as hard as you can, then you're in the team, you're on the boat. But if yeah. you're not, then you're not on the boat. And he, he can't make it go backwards like Emery did and make himself look weak. Can he? No, I do think Arteta's got that ruthlessness about him, actually. Yeah. Which and is it, good. All, it's what you need to be a football manager. You've got to have that, haven't you? All he had to do is apologise, and he didn't. And that, that that's what caused the whole Gwendozy thing. Mm. Absolute joke. What a kid. He's thrown his career away, that kid. Honestly, he's going to be another Balotelli and just get... His clubs he's moving to are going to get worse and worse and worse. And Balotelli, last I heard, was, was having a trial for a third division Italian team. And look at him. How many years ago, he was one of the best strikers in the world. And because of his mm. attitude, well, he I, has lost his career. I mean, if, if that's the case, and if, if Gwendoza's going to go down and down, every club's going to be worse, in about five years, he'll end up at Tottenham. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, you will. But no, it's, it's a shame, though, isn't it? Because I, I was really yeah, looking it's, forward it's, to him working under Arteta. He would have been yeah, a great defender if he'd actually learnt from Arteta and, and really bought into the project. He would be a, a really good player. But he, he's throwing it all away. It's stupid. Yeah. Absolutely stupid. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how he gets on in Germany now, isn't it? To see how he does in this loan um, and whether that works out for him, whether he can knuckle down and get on with playing football and forget all the other stupid stuff that goes with him or seems to have gone with him since he, he's been at Arsenal. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm, yeah, I'm sure the comment there must be directed at the owners, I'm assuming, um, which is which is fine. I kind of agree with that. We, we can't um, knock them for what they've done. Certainly in this in this transfer window in particular. Um, just finally, I just wanted to maybe um, give a little bit of credit to Eddie Nketiah for the goal scoring record that he equaled last night for the under twenty ones, the England under twenty ones. He's actually equaled the record of Alan Shearer, and also, funny enough, Francis Jeffers as well with uh, thirteen <laughs> goals for the England under twenty ones. Obviously, one of them had a great career, and one of them not quite so great. So let's hope Eddie Nketiah can maybe follow Alan Shearer a little bit more than, than Francis Jeffers. But funnily enough. He reminds me a little bit of Francis Jeffers at times. I've got to be honest, I don't like to okay. say that. He's got a little bit about him. I think he's a lot better player, obviously. And I think he's yeah. got a future. But there's just certain things about him. Sometimes I look at him and think, you know what? He does remind me a little bit of that kind of a player, really. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's a great record. Hopefully he can go on to the full what, England squad as well. What was the score? Up. I don't actually know what the score I haven't heard. What? What? Well, the under-21s? Yeah, yeah. They drew 3-3 three, three with Andorra. <laughs> oh, right. So he got one then, I presume. Yeah, he, he came off the one. bench. He came off the bench, scored in the last 10 minutes to put England 3-2 up and then they conceded a goal and drew 3 all. So, um, But I say he's actually oh, scored right. them goals. I think he's scored 13 in 11 games for the under-21s. I mean, that's a yeah. phenomenal goal-scoring mm. record. And in fact, for England, he's got 32 goals in 32 appearances throughout all the Brilliant. different under-18s, yeah. under-19s fantastic record and hopefully he can go on and have a great England career as well but you know I mean should he be starting ahead of Lacazette I think that's the question we need to be looking at now going forward you know should he be in the team maybe ahead of Lacazette he's got a great scoring record at that level but would he be quite good enough at the Premier League level yet do we think what do you think Paul would you, would you put him in the team no I wouldn't I think Lacazette brings a lot more to the side than just goals um Eddie hasn't got that link-up play. He doesn't drop deep. He doesn't work as hard as, as as Lacazette. And the one thing that puts me off a little bit with Eddie, he shows his frustration on the pitch if someone doesn't pass to him or something doesn't quite go his way. That goal at Leicester. He starts shaking. Yeah. He, he has a pop at Peter. But no, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. But 
he's a great option to have in the bench because he does he, he closes people down and he, he's got a couple of goals from closing people down and he's he, he's earned those. Um, but yeah, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't be putting him ahead of Lacazette, no. No, maybe not at, at the moment. I mean, he's still young, don't forget. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got age age on his side, hasn't he? And that says, what about yourself, yeah. Brian? Would, would you think Eddie should be maybe starting more games for us with the goal score record that he's got? Um, not straight away. He's, it's, I don't I don't understand because obviously I've seen how things panned out with Grindu. He's all gave him all the games. and if, I know it's a different position and all that, but I don't want that sort of thing. I sort of want to like, ease him in, sort of use him sparingly, build, build his confidence up that way. Because there's no doubt it's, there's potential there, but I don't want to, don't over overburn him and then have a another Francis on our hands. So yeah, speak. as I say, that that's the danger. I, I think at the moment it's a bit undecided what way he's going to go, isn't it? He's either going to mm. go have a great career or he's not. I think he's just at that at that, at that kind of crossroads at the minute. What about yourself, Andrew? What do you think? Just just say goodbye to the Arsenal, the, the COVID-infested Arsenal midfielder who needs to go to sleep now because he's been typing yeah. too much. Lovely, great name, great name. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Hope you feel better soon, mate. Definitely, because uh, that's not great. Is it? Well, I, I, I don't think um, when he said should he be starting ahead of Lacazette, I don't think Lacazette should start or, or in Kertia because I think Aubameyang needs to go down the middle and it will extend his career if he does as well because you won't have to do so much tracking back. And I don't think that the play you've got running through the middle. Like where I just slightly disagree with with Paul there for the first time this evening, I have to say Paul. All right, <laughs> um, but but no, seriously, it's like uh, I I don't want the striker that's scoring the goal to to be the one that's tracking back and working hard and doing all that. Yeah, close mm. it, do some pressing, of course, on the on when you need to. But I don't want like Lacazette drops too deep. It's just ridiculous. I want the centre forward to score goals. So what I I, I would sell Lacazette. I wouldn't replace him because I don't think he should be starting anyway. And I'd have Nketiah on the bench in place of Lacazette. And I would have uh, Aubameyang. And, and that would give more playing time to Saka and, um, sorry, Saka and Martinelli when he comes back from injury on the left. And Pepe on the right. And, and, and behind Pepe can be William. So I, th- I just think it's perfect. And then and whenever... Uh, uh, if, if and God forbid, Aubameyang ever has a serious injury, we've got Nketiah to come in, or obviously Martinelli can move into the middle and Saka can play uh, on the left, for, yeah. sort of full time. And so I, I don't think we need Lacazette. And the only, I'll, please don't get me wrong, I don't not like him. I, I like Lacazette, I like his work rate, like his attitude. He's a he's a gooner. He works really hard, but he has never been the striker that we wanted him to be. But I think Nketiah... Goal scoring. I think, yeah, in terms of goals, yeah, I mean, I agree. A really, yeah. really good goal poacher. And I think he'd be absolutely... Yeah. He could make a career at Arsenal as a, a, an impact sub like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was for Man, Man United back in the day. And uh, I, I think yeah, he could really... He, I mean, he's perfect as a, as a backup striker because we haven't had to pay anything for him. Uh, he's Arsenal through and through and he's a real good goal poacher. So... I'm sure he'd be happy to be in the squad every day, uh, every game, but, you know, come off the bench. I think he would. Cam's a big fan as well of Nketiah as well. He thinks he's misunderstood and he shows passion as well, which he does. I mean, you know, I, 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 I agree that. with that. He, he, he definitely has got that, that will yeah, to win. Right. I mean, that, that, that time when obviously that goal at Leicester, like we said, when he was basically, mm. we scored and he was upset with Pepe for not squaring it to him to tap in. You know, mm. that kind I of shows that. sort of ruthlessness about him, maybe, which, which is needed, isn't it? 
for mm. um, for a striker. So, but yeah, at the moment I'm a little bit undecided about him. I've got to be honest. I, I like him. I'm just quite not quite sure if he's ready yet to take on that burden of responsibility every week of being our sort of centre forward, if you like, which is which is what his position would be. Um, right. Sitting there, the fox in the box, which is you know yeah. I know that's what Francis Jeffers was called. It never quite worked out, did it? But that's kind of what Enketia is, isn't he? He is that sort of player, isn't he? He gets in those great positions. and He's got a long goal scorer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And he, he's Ian Wright. He's Ian Wright. Reincarnated. And that's why I love his attitude. Ian, yeah, Wright would doing, Ian Wright would have thrown his hands up in the air because he wanted to score. Yeah, oh, Ian, Wright, Ian Wright would have took a goal off a teammate to score, wouldn't he? He would have yeah. tackled his own oh, teammate. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd chin his grandma to get her out of the way if he got <laughs> to the ball one time in the box. Yeah. So I, I love that about Enketia. He, he's a proper goal poacher, and that's what you need. Really need. It'd be great to have him in the squad on the bench to come on with th- half an hour left chasing a mm. game, like he did against West Ham and get the win in the last yeah. few minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I can see him having that role, but is he going to be happy with that? If he wants to play for England, if he wants to push on his international career, he's probably not going to. I mean, bearing in mind he plays for Arsenal anyway, which you know we don't exactly get England players regularly through. If he wants to play for England, he's going to have to do more than just be an impact sub for Arsenal, isn't he? He's going to have mm. to be starting games regularly and scoring goals. I would have thought when you look at the competition for striking places in England, but not that he can play any- all the cup games as well. Don't forget. Well, no, no, he can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All the cup games, and he can come on in pretty much every single Premier League game. Because let's let's face it, Aubameyang's not getting any younger, is he? So in, in next season, it'd be great to be able to rest uh, Aubameyang for the last half hour of each game. You know, that, again, you know, we need to extend his career. That's why we need to move him into the middle because he'd be doing less tracking back, um, less back, you know, going all the way back to the left back slot and you know defending. It'd be if we can just keep him in the at the front as a goal scorer. And uh, take him off with half an hour to go from next season onwards. Maybe it's ideal, perfect. Yeah. The one, the one thing we have mentioned is Martinelli. If, yeah, we're, exactly. if, we're, all, if we're all, if we're all saying that he's going to be the eventual replacement for Aubameyang in three years' time, then he, for me, he, the jumps he jumps yeah. ahead of Inquietia for me. If, if you're looking to play him down the middle. And I'll play him on the left, uh, cutting in from the left where Aubameyang play is playing left, now. Yeah. I think Martinelli's he, better on the left, yeah. He's a hard worker. He, I mean, he would run all day. You know, he, he could do the tracking back that Aubameyang's doing now for us on the left-hand side. Uh, it'd be absolutely perfect. And, I mean, Saka long-term, I think he could be a left of a midfield three as well. So, yeah, I think it just all works out really nicely, personally. It's options, um, isn't it? It's good to have options, and I think that's what we've got mm. now. Where we didn't didn't necessarily have that before, so yeah, it's and good. And just says there, the average of Eddie's goals are all five yards out, which is probably about right, actually. Well, they're all certainly tappings, aren't they? He's got a lot of tapping, doesn't he? Which is uh, exactly what you want. And it's not mm. it's not a sort of player that we've that we've previously had, is it? That sort of a striker. Not for you. Um, it reminds me of Jermaine Defoe a little bit. I must admit, and Ketia. Yeah, 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 I can see that, yeah. Darren Bent as well, he used to kind of yeah. get a lot of them sort of goals, didn't he? It's, it's yeah. all about moving in the box, isn't it? Making your run and getting in the right place and being there to finish him off. It looks easy, doesn't it, when you tap it yeah. in from two yards, but it's your movement before that's got you there. Exactly. You're really understanding of the game. And Eddie's got that. He and you can see by his international goal-scoring record at sort of at youth level and stuff like that. He's clearly got something about him, hasn't he? And maybe that maybe Arteta can help bring that out of him a little bit more. Um, you know, but 
We'll see what happens. I mean, I, I do like Eddie, but I'm just not convinced he's quite ready yet. Is he strong enough physically and is he quite ready for the Premier League week out, in week out? Probably not. At the moment, I think this sort of super sub role, if you like, could be suited to him quite well because I think he can come off the bench and make a difference and get a goal. He's done it before. He did, I, can, I can see him doing that. If, like I said, the comparison I would give, and I'd, I'd be hard-pressed for anyone to really disagree with this. Like, say... Abamyang, sorry, not Abamyang. Uh, Lacazette and Eddie played for two mid-table teams, and they kicked off the season as the centre forward of those two teams. I, I can virtually guarantee that Eddie would outscore Lacazette by the end of the season, hundred percent. Definitely, because he's more of a goal scorer. And yeah, no, he's, Lac- he is more of a goal scorer. Yeah, and uh, yeah. that's what you need. That's what we need. Mm. Lacazette, we bought him to score loads of goals, and he's never done that. Yeah, they never said that. I mean, in, in France, he was a, he, he scored thirty or goals a season, wasn't he? Quite no, regularly. No, he, he never has. Ball. He's never he's never been prolific. Have a look at his, his stats from when he was in France. He's never been prolific. I think he gets a lot of unfair stick, Lacazette. I think he no, brings. Honestly, a lot I, more... I do. I like him. I, 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 like I, said, I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to get people thinking I hate Lacazette. I don't. I don't at all, but he's a centre forward, and we we have to be a bit more ruthless to get to the next level, to take us to the next level. And I don't think we won't get there with Lacazette, unfortunately. Well, look at Liverpool and Firmino. Firmino is exactly the same kind of player as Lacazette, and look at what they've done the last couple of years. That's that. Yeah, yeah. 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 absolutely. Yeah, if it fits in system, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but Lacazette yeah. is is nowhere near the passer of, of Firmino. He's never. He no, hasn't no, got the not. skill or talent of Firmino. No, Firmino is a creator. Lacazette is not very good at passing uh, the ball. Unfortunately, he could do the odd when he turns and gets it and, and wishes it out to one of the wings. Great, but when he's got to pass it around intricately around to the outside of the box in the in sort of the ten position, he can't do that. He's not good enough. Um, we know what happened to Francis Jeffers actually. He, he kind of drifted away from football, did he? I, I know. He, did he go back to Everton at one point? I think he did, didn't he? Yeah, because oh, yeah. I think it was it Rooney's person was saying he he came out and said, "I want to play with Wayne and all that." So they we loaned him back, and he he came back, and then we I can't remember what happened to. I think, I think he retired like, at 29. Um, I, I, need to, I need to do a feature on Francis Jeffers, actually, because I don't really yeah. know exactly what happened to him after he left Arsenal. He kind of drifted around yeah. a little bit, didn't he? So I need to maybe um, do a bit of a feature on him one day because uh, mm. he's, you know, no one really talks about him anymore, do they? Other than in a bad yeah. way. Um, Sam says there about the initial Roy. Yeah, he never scored many, like, outside-the-box goals, did he? Um, no. No, what a player he was. He could run with the ball, though. He's a good dribbler. Uh, yeah, I remember him breaking from the halfway line once and uh, mm. running with the ball quicker than any of the defenders. He was literally increasing the gap between him and the defenders. Incredible player he was. I ha- hated him because he scared the life out of me whenever we played Man United around that time because I knew he was yeah, going to score. Yeah, what he always did, didn't I, he? I, I, that penalty, of course, that absolutely. famous penalty that he didn't score. Which, uh, no, that's amazing. One of the best real, moments ever that was. I mean, this is quite a good point, actually, about Laka. We, we did, obviously, we brought Laka to be our main goal scorer and then we brought Aubameyang not long afterwards and Aubameyang's taken on that role of the goal. So Lacazette doesn't need to score 30 goals a season, does he? Because Aubameyang is. And if Lacazette's chipping in with his fair share, I suppose, his role may be different to what it was when we first as an, as the out-and-out out goal scorer, you know, and now he's not got to be, has he? Because we've got someone else to score all the goals and he just needs to fill in, doesn't he? And, I think he's, and yeah, but he's, he's taking the place of Saka, though, isn't he? He's taking the place of one of our really great creative youngsters or, you know, 
in the team, and that's the problem because by playing him, Aubameyang has to play wide left, which means that we can't play Saka or Martinelli wide left, and that's the but problem. Mate, I'd rather but, have that. Aubameyang is very effective on the left, though, isn't he? With the goals he yeah. scores, I mean, is Saka going to score as many goals, or even Martinelli score mm. that many goals oh. from that position in the team? I, I think don't Martin think Martinelli would. Yeah, well, Martinelli might, but Martinelli got a lot of his goals playing through the middle, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Early on, when he first came into the team in the in the league cup and whatever last season, he was playing as a centre forward. He got a lot of his goals there, and then he got a couple when he replaced Aubameyang when he was suspended from the left hand side. That goal at Chelsea, he was playing. But, but, don't, but don't you agree though? We can't look. We can't depend on Aubameyang to play on the left. For much after this, much longer after this season, mm. because he's, he's going to be thirty-two Maybe next, not, next season. I know he's, he's obviously, but he, he can't yeah. do that for for the, the latter part of his uh, career into his thirties. We can't be asking him to track back. To, he, quite often, you see him in the, in the left back slot, don't you? You know, yeah, yeah, you do, yeah. and he, he can't. If we want to have him, for everyone has been moaning about the length of contract we've given him. But we need to make sure we maximise that that player and and don't run him into the ground. This is a good point actually that that Winston's made there. Lacamana has to drop so deep now we're sorting the midfield out. That's a good point actually. It is, it is, it is Winston, and I've mentioned that before because he's the thing is with with uh, Lacazette, he works his nuts off and he works he works really hard in that area dropping deep. But he's not a specialist in that role, and uh, we could do better there. That's the that's that's the. Sam's got a few stats here for you, for you, Andrew, that you might not realise. Black has scored 28 in 30 games the season before he came to Arsenal, 21 in 34 the season before, 27 in 33. So actually, his goal scoring record was pretty good. Yeah, it's France, it's not as as high a level, I suppose, Uh, but good numbers, to be fair, they're good numbers. I bet you I was looking at the, the league goals then. I bet that's like in all competitions. But yeah, well, take, yeah, absolutely. Take it back, Sam. I mean, I knew he'd score a few goals. Happy, but I knew it's when, when we signed him. I remember thinking he's, he's going to be able to get 25, 30 goals for us a season, was my feeling at the yeah. time. And then maybe the fact that, as it was mentioned before, you know, we bought a Bamiang who took on that role straight away, didn't he? Of getting all the goals. He's got mm. goals straight away. Yeah. And then maybe Lacazette was then played in a different role. And that's maybe why his numbers have maybe gone down as well. We maybe need to look at it like from that. But we'll, I mean, we'll see how it develops. Now, I do think that, that midfield um, um, point was quite a good point, actually, because now yeah. you might not need to drop so deep because we're going to have a bit more quality in midfield. And, and Partey makes them runs, doesn't he, as well? You know, um, yeah. so maybe Lacazette can get more in the box and maybe he can score a few more goals this season. Hopefully, now. yeah, hopefully, hopefully. I mean, he's got, he's got three already, to be fair. He's our top scorer. Yeah. Aubameyang's only got one in the Premier League and he's got three. So, you know, maybe Aubameyang needs to back his ideas up since his contract, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. God, can you imagine? But yeah, no, if, that, if those... Um, I'll completely uh, take it back, Sam, about my uh, comments about his goal scoring, if that's the case. But I'd be interested to know whether that is the his overall goals or whether that's just league goals because I maybe I'm getting confused with uh, league goals, but... I just want to reiterate, I do like Lacazette a lot, but I think longer term, we really need to get a place in the team for Saka and especially Martinelli when he comes back. And I think that, I've mentioned it before, like Winston said, we we won't need to have someone in that Firmino role. Now we've we've got Partey and hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll get another player in the creative midfield role as well at some point. 
So, um, yeah, yeah, it's a difficult one. But I, I, I think we if being ruthless and to take us to the next level, I would take I'll take the money for Lacazette and, and put it elsewhere into the team, um, longer term, and just and so we can properly play Saka and get the development there and Martinelli as well. Because hmm. they're, they're good enough. They're just because they're young it doesn't yeah. mean they're, oh, yeah. they're, they're absolutely good enough to start both of them. And uh, it's going to be a problem enough as it is to get them both in a team. And Lacazette, unfortunately, um, longer term, we don't. He, he, he'll outgrow. You know, he, we won't need him anymore. Um, so yeah. Anyway, there you go. You said it was just a league goal, league goal, uh, league goal by look of it. So. That's a pretty impressive record, yeah. actually. No, it is. I absolutely take it back. I'm always happy to say that's I'm an, wrong. wrong. That's an impressive record, actually. So, I mean, I, I knew he'd scored goals, but I didn't know his exact numbers, actually, without researching it. But I knew he'd scored a few goals. So, I was expecting to score a few yeah. at the beginning, didn't he? And then he yeah. got and whatnot. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think uh, his role might change now. And I think maybe our style of our style of play and our formation might change now with party in the team. It'd be interesting yeah. to see, actually... What? Because I mean, are we still going to play the sort of three-four-three system now with Party? And if so, where would he fit in? Um, where would we play him in that in that role? You know what I mean? Or are we going to go with the more sort of four-three-three and have the, the three central midfielders with maybe Party, Xhaka, and Ceballos together as a three? Maybe Is it, are we going to look to do that now? Um, I don't know. We'll have to see, won't we? Once uh, once once Party's in the team and, and what he's doing. Um, a few more stats there. We've got. From uh, the DWTT, uh, 100 League One goals in 200. All right, all right. I, I take the point. I take the point. I take it all back. <laughs> You've been roasting there, Andrew. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I was wrong. I was wrong. I got completely confused. I must be confusing his figure with someone else. Premier League goals in 100 matches. So his goal scoring ratio isn't actually that much worse for us, is it? When you look at it, it's, mm. it's not far off one in two, is it? I guess. He just got uh, what's he? He just got his fiftieth not uh, too long ago. Yeah, didn't he? yeah his fiftieth yeah. in total, wasn't it? I don't mm. think it was fiftieth league goal. His fiftieth in total, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a bad goal scoring record. It's just yeah. not maybe what we was expecting. I think we were all expecting him to maybe mm. score the sort of numbers of Bamiang's been scoring, but of course, Bamiang wasn't with us then, was he? So, un- yeah. Unfortunately, it's going back to the days when we were under the previous regime, where we made some really poor decisions in the transfer market because. Why would we have done that? Bought a Bamiyang six months later. Sorry, Lacazette. Then six months later, bought a Bamiyang. It's just mm. <laughs> we were crying mm. out for defenders and midfielders again at the time, weren't we? Mm. So well, um, the Bamiyang one hasn't worked out too badly, has it? No, exactly. Know. But we, we, you know, we should have bought Bamiyang six months earlier, shouldn't we? Really, in hindsight. But anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's yeah, all no, I agree. I agree. Next summer, we're going to be. Oh, it's going to be so exciting next summer. Can you imagine? We're going to be yeah. saving nearly. Uh, Best part of a million pound a week uh, with yeah. the end of contracts. Players coming to the end of their contract, and it's yeah. just going to be a, such a relief. We'll be able to get rid of that regime once and for all, and all the mistakes they made, and you know, and move forward at last. Yeah, no, exa- exactly. And you know, if in the meantime, say we've won the FA Cup, and if in the meantime we can have a successful season here as well this season, mm. then imagine, like I said before, imagine where this can actually take us eventually. I mean. It, Sometimes you think about it, and I've sort of thought about it in the last few weeks, really, certainly since um, you know the, the sort of transfer window has been open. It's like, you know, we now are on on the path 
of I won't necessarily we can eclipse what Wenger did, but we can certainly um, get close to that. I think with the, the, yeah. we've got in place at the moment, you know, and I know you know a lot of things can change and stuff like that, but maybe it's the right time as well. I think we couldn't have competed with Man City and Liverpool over the last three or four years anyway. I don't think we could have done. Um, they're coming to an end of their cycle anyway. I think both of them are. Um, and we're coming up at the right time, I think, you know, along with mm. um, maybe Everton and a few other teams as well. But I think now's an opportunity for somebody to, to go forward and, you know, go on and have some big success. And I don't see why it can't be us. We've got everything in place and it might take a year or two years, but we're definitely well on the way to, to doing that now, I think. And it's exciting times. And it's probably how Liverpool felt maybe three or four years ago, maybe. I'm, I'm absolutely gutted I didn't put a, a bet on before the season started because we were 200 to 1 to win the league. And I bet yeah. you that I bet you we're less than ten now. Maybe <laughs> I don't oh, know. No, I, no. I don't know. We'll I got to, but I'm gonna, we'll I'm be fifty a, out of four, won't we? To win the I'm league, I'm going to put a double on. I'm going to put a, a bet on for us to win the league and the, the Europa League. I just wonder how many, how much, what the odds on that? Because like last time I, I actually tweeted the Paddy Power for the, for the odds, and they didn't have the odds. They said we had to wait until uh, you know Tottenham got knocked out of the qualifying, but unfortunately, it didn't did they? But um, yeah, they, they, everyone's through the qualifying rounds now, aren't they? Mm, Hilariously, yeah. so yeah. should be able to get odds on it now. Well, I'm, I'm just be, curious. Well, it'd be big odds on that, I would imagine. I mean, if if we was to win the Europa League, that would be that would be a fantastic yeah. achievement. Whether we can win the Premier League and the Europa League this season, I'm not convinced I'm pushing about it. that. I'm, push, I'm pushing it a tad there, but yeah, uh, but it's worth maybe worth a pound with the season if, the way it's going. If it's yeah. five hundred to one, it'd be worth a pound. Mm. <laughs> Oh, but, I'd be um, quite happy with yeah, five to one and just get five back for a one pound. You know, at least I've made money. It's not going to be five to one, though, is it? No, 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 it's not. I'm... Yeah, yeah uh, we mentioned before, didn't we? You know, Leno, Gabriel, yeah. Partey, Aubameyang. I mean, what, what, what more could we want at this moment in time, you know, compared to what we've had? It's just unbelievable, isn't it? And, you know, yeah. I don't know if it's quite comparable to uh, sort of... Right. It's, as it's good as we've had, though, it's, probably since then. I mean, he's not far off. I mean, Aubameyang, he's obviously not the nowhere near the all-round player that Henri it, it was. But for goals, but, he is, isn't but, he? But for goals, he is, exactly, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he yeah. Can, there's some similarities. Um, and time will tell whether... Gabriel reminds me a little bit more of maybe Colo, uh, Colo Torre than Sol Campbell in his, yeah, yeah, his, bit, his yeah. style and the way that he plays, I think, personally. But again, yeah, he, I mean, yeah. he was great for three or four years, wasn't he, playing at the oh, back? So, um, and so we'll have to see exactly what part his role is when he's playing. But, I mean, you know, if he, if he has anywhere near the impact Patrick Vieira did, then we, we've certainly uh, mm. we've certainly done well there, haven't we? Fantastic. Oh, yeah. I do, but yeah, I, I mean, just... it's the best. It's the best spine we've had, isn't it? Since since them days, actually, we haven't had a spine like that since yeah. then. Um, whether it's comparable, I don't know. But um, and uh, DWTC said he's going to put um, five dollars on Arsenal, hundred and five pounds take out. That's all right, isn't it? Nice. Yeah. If anyone's if anyone watching, get get the odds for me for a, a double for us to top four and to win the Europa League because that's what I've been saying for the last few weeks, haven't I? I, I, oh, no, that's different. Top four in your open league, I, I, I can go with that. Yeah, I would, I, but I, it wouldn't be. The odds would be next to nothing now, really, compared to what they would have yeah. been when I wanted to put the bet on. Yeah. But yeah, maybe. Yeah. But um, I'd be curious as to just to what it will be for us to win the league and the Europa League. That'd be uh, that'd be just 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 curious. 
because it's a really it's a mental season. Let's not forget it's a mental season. That's probably yeah. closer to two hundred to one. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, you would imagine it would be maybe more than that. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's way too early to compare. Well, yeah, it probably is, but I, I think the point is it, it's the best we've had since then by quite mm. some considerable distance as well. When you think about the last yeah. ten years or fifteen years, even you know what the, the sort of spine and the team that we've had, it's been nowhere near this, has it? The quality that we've got now and the strength as well. I mean, Edu mentioned it in his um, in his interview about the, the, the sort of physical um, players that we've got now that we didn't have before. And that, that's been the change that they've wanted to make, that they've had to make. So, and that's the way that we've gone, isn't it? I mean, Pass is a, a physical, more of a physical presence. Gabriel's a more of a physical defender than we've had. And, you know, maybe Willian as well, you mentioned him. Um, so it's, it's, it's looking good. Let, let's be honest, isn't it? It is looking good. I mean, I know this is the positive podcast and we need to be positive, but there's not a lot to not be positive about if, if we're really honest. You know, we can scrutinise things and scrutinise them, but ultimately, I think we've got a good reason to be positive at this moment in time, mm. haven't we? And it's great. It's a great time mm. to be an man after the last 10 years or so, which has been quite a struggle at times. <laughs> yeah, know. definitely. Well, I, I can't wait to see Emil Smith-Rowe in the team as well, like I said earlier. And I, I maintain, like what I said on my show last night, that uh, he is, uh, excites me just as much as Saka excites me as a young player. And um, I'm just desperate for him to get some time on the pitch because... I swear now, if he was playing in in the Bundesliga for one of these fancy, you know, um, mod, you know, teams that all these football hipsters go go on about all the time, you know, Hoffenheim and like Leipzig and Munch and Gladbach at the moment, then he would be sought after across. Um, our, our fans would be saying, "Oh, look, you know, we've got to go after that kid. He's amazing." I bet you, just because he's come through our academy, it's not as exciting to play him. Yeah. It's too much of a risk. But I bet you if he was playing week in, week out in the Bundesliga, we'll all be drooling over him because I, I think that kid has got so much quality and I think he could be the long-term answer to um, yeah. you know, an hour. But we won't know unless we give him the chance. But the thing is that, just very quickly, the fan base would have to give him that chance and not get it on his back. Give him, uh, if I was uh, Arteta, I'd, I'd go in an actual press conference and I'd say, like, I'm giving him the next 10 games. Emil Smith Rowe, and I would ask all the fans to back back him. Don't boo him or, or go after him if he if he misplaces one pass here or there or misses a chance. Back him, and you will see the quality. And, that, and that's what I would do if I was Arteta. I actually go out, I actually say something like that. And he, because I hate the fact that our, our fans just as soon as a player has one bad game or even a bad half, they're shit <laughs> and they should never play for Arsenal mm. ever again. You know, it does yeah. my head in. It does my head in. And no, also, no, no. and also the fact that the players get written off without, for no reason. They just say, oh, "No, it's not going to be good enough." You know, people saying that now about uh, Willock and about um, Enketia, for example. Now, nah, not good enough for Arsenal. You know, based on what? You know, they, they, yeah. you know, we haven't got a big enough sample size. Mind yet. you, going back to going back to Sam's comment there about goal, German goalkeepers. People be saying about Leno as well that he's not good enough mm. anymore. Yeah. Honestly, mate, people just just have got no patience with anything. Not just football, but in any of their lives now, have they? No patience at all. You know, and if something's broken, they'll go and buy a new one rather than try and fix it with five minutes with a, with a screwdriver. You know, people don't care anymore. You know, <laughs> so then it's just a throwaway nation, and they do it with their own footballers in our squad, and it just does my head mm. in. 
It's snobbish yeah. and it's just stupid because we could have the answer to to our creative problems right under our noses and we could just miss it because we 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 haven't got our eyes of course, open. Of course, the alternative to that is that he's, he isn't going to be good enough and that might be that. We don't know but yet. We though. won't know. We, 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 exactly. We, we, the point know. Is we don't know, do we, yet? And until he no, plays. Yeah. But unfortunately, <laughs> the football nowadays isn't like where I don't think I've come out and say to any player, maybe apart from a Bamiyang, you're going to play the next 10 games because I don't think football works like that. And if he has two or three poor games, anybody, they should be left out of the team, regardless of who they are. Um, mm. And that's, that's, that's what football no, is. I don't, I don't agree. Not, not, not when you're trying to bloody a youngster. Don't, not when you're trying to bloody youngster. It's a completely different situation as far as yeah, I'm Yeah, but concerned. unfortunately, this is this is the Premier League. It's cut and thrust, isn't it? And I'm not saying that Emil Smith-Rowe isn't going to be good enough. He, he may well be. And he, he deserves an opportunity. He definitely does. Uh, as Saka's had an opportunity, as, as Reese Nelson's had opportunities, and he deserves those sort of opportunities when he's fit and whatever. And I'm sure he'll get some opportunities. <laughs> And then he's got a chance to prove himself. But you wouldn't turn around and say Reese Nelson should be should be playing to get ten games in a row. You wouldn't say Enketia should get ten games in a row. Saka, you could maybe say that he's perhaps deserved that, earned that right with his performances over the last year. Um, and Smith Rowe would need to earn that right as well, wouldn't he, by having some good games and start to have a real influence when he plays. I know he's not played enough yet um, and he needs that chance. I mean, Cam kind of agrees with you. He thinks he's class. Um, and I'm not saying he isn't. I just think at the moment we haven't seen enough of him to really judge him, have we? And he needs to get some game time. Europa League possibly might be a good opportunity. Um, Carabao Cup if we stay in that, stuff like that. And then get get him some Premier League minutes as well. Look at the front three of um, um, Borussia Dortmund. Their average age. One's 17, one's 19, one's 20, is it, I think? Haaland, Reina and Sancho. They're all good enough. And that, that, yeah, you know, that, and it's like uh, Kai Havertz is twenty-one now, I believe, and he made his debut in twenty sixteen. And look where he is now; they've just been bought for what upwards of you know with add-ons and everything. It comes to about ninety million or something, didn't it? I think Chelsea, if it, if yeah. the add-ons come to fruition, like yeah. yeah, with the add-ons. Yeah. But they stuck with him. They stuck with him, and and, and no one you can't tell me that Borussia Dortmund or and. Um, Levy Cues and are just small fry. They're battling for Champions League positions in a top quality league, mm. but they're trusted. They're, they're, the managers trust them, and uh, you know the player, uh, the fans. Like I, I absolutely, I love nothing more than a, a youngster coming through and making it at Arsenal. It's oh, more yeah. exciting, yeah, yeah. much yeah. more exciting yeah, yeah, yeah. than going out and spending twenty five million on a player. For me, I, I, I prefer that every day. But you can't when you when you. Uh, said about if you don't do it for two or three games, you, you're out. You can't do that with a youngster because they, they've got to get the experience. They've got to be able well, to make mistakes. No, no, they've got to make mistakes because they, they won't learn from it otherwise. And that's how you build up your experience no, I, by making I'm not mistakes. Saying I agree with it. I'm just saying that, that that's the <coughs> way, it is, isn't it? You know, any but player, they, whether they're a young player or a more experienced player, if they have a series of, of under par performances, they should be left out of the team because that's how it works. You can't now keep more than ever. You can't, well. you can't keep doing it because it's to the detriment of the team, isn't it? No, no, now more than ever, you've got to give the. I mean, we've got to try with a player like Smith Rowe because we ain't got the money. We've proven that we've hardly got any money. You know, we can't expect because this is the first time that Cronky has ever bought us a player out of his own pocket ever. And who's, I don't, you know, the chances of it happening again very soon are very, very unlikely. But I, now in this 
with no fans in the stadium, that's perfect for a, to blood a youngster as well. And in his position as an attacking midfielder, you can surround him with quality and, and experience and, and help that play and guide him through the matches. But you've got to persevere with him. You've got to persevere. But what happens if, say, you give him his 10 games, right? In those 10 games, Arsenal lose six of them and he doesn't play particularly well. Do, that's his career over. Do you think that our, uh, that we would lose six games under Arteta by putting uh, Smith-Rowe in the team? I'm who's not a saying that's been I, mean, no, I know, exactly. But you're looking at the worst-case scenario. What would happen if, at the end of the season, we have found a player that has lit up the whole of Europe and made them yeah, take yeah, notice of because of his... That's, you've got to look at it as a positive as well. You know, if he's if he's yeah, an no, absolute pile of shit, he wouldn't be at Arsenal in the squad, training with you the know, first team. The, the point being, though, you know, you, I don't think you can say to any player you're going to get ten games in a row because you don't know one. Every game is different. Every player's at a different level physically each week, and I just think that the team needs to be selected, as Arteta said, on the best team for that particular game. And if that means picking the same as a previous game, then that's right for that game. And if it isn't, if it means changing six or seven of them, then if that's the right thing for the team, for the overall benefit of the team, and that's what needs to happen. It's not. It shouldn't be about one or two players. It should be about what's right for everybody in the squad and in the team. And if if a player is good enough, they will get through and they will get minutes, won't they? Because that's how it works. And I think Arsenal, more than any other club, pretty much does give their young players time, game time. And I think Smith Rowe will get game time. He won't get 10 games in a row at this time, I wouldn't imagine. It, it, the only thing, it, it's useless giving them the odd 15 minutes here or there as a substitute. Or well, that's what just, second just is. Playing. And it's useless, though. Mm. When you actually, But the thing is, when you've got, you, you, can't, you have to cherry pick the, the youngster to do that with. What I'm talking about, you can't just do it to all of the young academy youngsters. Just the, extra, just the extra special ones, and I would do that for Smith Rowe because at the end of the day, it's worth the gamble. Because if he does just take to it like a duck to water and stays fit, he would save us fifty to sixty million quid. He would save us fifty to sixty million quid from going out and buying that one. Right, exactly, but it's worth the gamble, isn't it? Worth the gamble, in my opinion, every day of the week. What, 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 uh, what, what do you two guys think, Paul, Ryan? What, what do you think? Would you, would you throw yeah. him in the team now? Or not now, but when he's fit, obviously. I don't think he's fit yet, is he? No. Uh, he's, he's back training with a... He's training. I saw him in a training video this morning. Mm. Oh, he is, OK. Yeah, I, I get the point. I mean, in the, in the long run, and, 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 it, and it becomes a success and it goes the right way, then absolutely, he's saved money, 50, mm. 60 million on a new player. But if it doesn't go well and you stick with him <laughs> and you or again, that then costs you 20, 30, 40 million because you haven't then got that Champions League or you yeah, haven't exactly. got that income. So it is, it's tough. It's tough. It is tough yeah, yeah for, for me, I, I would like to see more of him. Absolutely. Um, and I think if you're going to say to him, right, I'll give you 10 games, then you do that in the Europa League and you give him the group games in the Europa League and see how that goes to start mm. with. I don't think you can just throw anybody in straight away, certainly not into Premier League games. Um, I think the risk is it's too high, especially for us at the minute. We're, we're, we're on our way back up. We're trying to get back into the top four. I think for us, just at this point in time, we're not in a position to be able to, to, be able to take that risk, I don't think. Mm. But I would love to see more of him because I think there's a... Yeah, same here. I would, uh, I would play him over Will, uh, Willian any day of the, of the week. He's, so, he's got so much more energy. He's just so much faster. And I would have Willian as, as his backup for a while, being his mentor. I would just... 
I would be so much happier seeing a Smith Rowe in the team than Willian, a 33-year-old who's coming yeah, to I the did. end of his career. And he's, yeah, he could he could build the build the team around Smith Rowe to to actually support him, just to minimise mistakes. It, it, having him in the team over Willian is not going to make us have a bigger percentage chance of losing that game. Not in a million years. Mm. Not in a million years. <laughs> the, 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 he's at the right end of the pitch. He would, um, <laughs> if you're blooding a youngster at the centre back, I would not do what I'm suggesting because one mistake will cost you. But when you're putting him at the front end of the pitch, uh, especially in, in the space that Willian's covering, you're not under any risk of it. If he loses the ball, he loses the ball. But he's not going to lose the ball any more than uh, a Willian would. Uh, I, I can virtually guarantee it. And it. If you actually, like I said, have experience around him to guide him through the game as well. And you know what? This is the best time because we've got no fans and Arteta manages the game from the sidelines. Everyone can hear him. It's the perfect time to blood him because Arteta would be shouting at him and guiding him through the game himself as well. You're saying about having experience in with him to minimise those mistakes. For me, William is one of the most experienced members of the team in terms of what he's done is... For me, it's the risk is when it goes against you. If you need someone that's, we got her in a big game away at Man City or somewhere like that, and it's not quite going the right way for you, you need someone like William that that he knows he's been in that situation before. For me, someone like Smith Rowe, if you were to do that within this season, you haven't got that experience. And I know that's the only way of getting it is by having him putting him in that situation. Mm. But it's for me that's. The, the risk of that is just too high at the minute. I, I would, I would absolutely play him in the Europa League. I would absolutely play him in the cup games, and I would absolutely have him as an option in the squad. But yeah, I just yeah, the the risk versus reward for me with that particular situation is is too high for me at the moment. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I kind of maybe a, a, a more sway towards that argument, if I'm honest, just because. Yeah. Um, then, you know, then, I, I then want then how are they going to get the chance? So I, I, when you get the player like him, I wouldn't if, say, if he why, gets, why would if he gets just... game time in the Europa League and he does well, then he'll earn his place in the Premier League team and then he's got the opportunity to play well, hasn't he? Fair like enough, fair enough. But you, fair yeah. enough, but you can't get you can't build up your match match fitness and match, in, get into your rhythm without having a run of games and and just playing the Europa League every every couple of weeks, he's not going to get the relevant experience and match fitness and it's it's you know I, it's absolutely fine, no problem. But that, you know that is definitely Martin not Elliott. Well, Martin thought. Elliott came into the League Cup side, then he played the Europa League, so he was playing once every couple of weeks. Um, he, he proved himself and then he got opportunities in the Premier League. Saka the same. He got opportunities in the Premier League and then he proved himself and now he's regular in the squad. Martinelli will be again. And that's what Smith Rowe will need to do. He'll need to come on in the Europa League, have a couple of good games, play in the League Cup, have a good game. Then he's earned his right to play in the Premier League. Then he gets Premier League game, two or three Premier League games. If he does well, he earns his right to be a regular member of the first team squad from that point onwards like the others have. And if he doesn't quite make it, maybe like Reese Nelson, who's been a bit hit and miss, he's been in and out. Um, then that's what happened. But he needs the opportunity. I totally agree. He needs to have the but, opportunity, but he needs to earn the opportunity as well to, to get yeah, further. Abso no, absolutely. Yeah. You know, but he, you know, people are saying that our transfer window was a seven and a half, or yeah, seven and a half, eight out of ten, um, because we didn't get the creative midfielder that we missed. We didn't get our. That is what we're missing to to finish the team. I think everyone's been saying that, right? 
Yeah. So give him the chance to fill that role. You know, that's all I'm saying. Mm. Uh, because we didn't get our... It could be the, 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 the ideal situation to give him a chance. And, uh, well, that's, that's my opinion anyway, but we'll see what happens. I'd just be devastated if he goes without having a proper crack of the whip, because I'll tell you now, oh, I think I'll get if, you, if you're pissed off about um, Gnabry, uh, you know, uh, the way I feel about Smith-Rowe and what I've seen, because I've seen him live a lot, yeah. and I think I honestly think he's got the potential to be another, like a Kevin De Bruyne, the way he plays. He, he, mm. he, he, he's very similar in style. And if we end up losing him and he goes, ends up going to a Bayern or another one of the big teams across Europe, I'm going to be pissed off, really pissed mm. off that we missed it. We did give him the opportunity. I, to, to be fair, though, I do think he'll get given a chance under Arteta because from what I've heard, Arteta does yeah, yeah. have a, so, a soft spot for Smith, though. So. Yeah. And he does play the young players. He has given the young players yeah. plenty of opportunities, hasn't he? All of yeah. them, even even sometimes when they maybe haven't always done that great, he still stuck with them and gave faith in them. So I do think he will get an opportunity. It's just yeah. it's up to him then, isn't it, to take that opportunity and prove Andrew right and prove that he deserves these this fraud yeah. that he's been he's been getting tonight in particular. You know, he needs yeah. to go and prove that on the pitch, doesn't he, on a regular basis, which is what Saka's done, which is why Saka's now playing for England uh, and was fully yeah. national. You know, and that's you, you earn that, don't you? You don't get it given; you have to earn it and. That's what Smith Rowe needs to do, and if he if he gets the opportunity and he's good enough, he will do that, and then he mm. will then push on and have a great career, hopefully with Arsenal. But yeah, Sam Sam agrees. He says, "Yeah, I'll take a rate Smith Rowe, and I think he'll get a chance." Yeah, I think he will get a chance. Yeah, let's hope mm. he does. Let's hope that he gets that chance and he takes it, um, and he does become a big player for us. That'd be great. But mm. at this moment, it's still a bit unknown because you don't know young players here. Some of them push on really well and some of them unfortunately don't quite make it like say Gnabry's maybe an example he didn't quite make it at Arsenal but he's gone on elsewhere and, and had a fantastic career hasn't he and yeah. sometimes yeah. that one as well and yeah we, we sometimes look back at that and think that was a mistake um, but it's just one of those things isn't it I suppose and let's hope Smith Rowe gets a chance and does um, you know um, exactly what Andrew says he, he thinks he can um, but Cam's a big fan of yours Andrew he agrees he's agreed you all the Thank way you, Cam. he did say he likes me right at the beginning so no um, I, uh, I've, 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 I've been watching that. been watching football for, for 40 years now and I've you know I, I, I've got a, I like to say I don't, you don't uh, sing your own praises very often but I will do this time I've actually got a really good eye for a player <laughs> no honestly seriously I can say, I can spot a good player fairly Quickly, and I'm fairly consistent with that. I think mm. Smith Rowe is one of the players I've seen that's excited me the most in all my time watching football as, as a youngster coming through. Genuinely, I, I feel that strongly about him, and I, will, I won't stop going on about him until he gets his chance because I, I feel that strongly about him, Smith Rowe. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I can I can just see something in him. I can see. You need to something. say to Ken, Dave's comment there about him being injured a lot. He is, you know, he's maybe got a little bit of Jack Wilshers about him, perhaps. A little no, bit. He, 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 the, the thing is with him, he, he's had injuries, but they're, they're, the good thing is, which gives me a bit of comfort, is that they're separate. They're, they're different injuries. He hasn't got the same thing over and over again like Wilshere did. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a, he's just had a bit of really bad luck, unfortunately. But he's young enough to to overcome those. Like, I mean, God, look yeah. at Ramsey when he had his leg snapped in half. Mm. It was yeah. awful, and yeah. he 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 was young enough to come back, thank God. And um, I think he he's not even fully grown yet, has he, Smith Rowe? But he, no. I tell you what, he's put a lot of he's, he's put a lot of muscle on. If you've seen him um, recently, 
He's a he's a unit now, but he's um yeah that's the good thing. It's not a recurring injury that he's had uh, Smith Rowe, so that gives mm. me a bit of comfort on that. Yeah, well let's let's yeah. let's hope so because I say another another young player coming through our academy and going on to the, be a regular in the first team and maybe going on the international career would be fantastic, wouldn't it? It's sort of like you said. We all like that, don't we? When it's one of our own, if you like. I know we don't want to use that phrase because it's what they use it down the road. But you do like that, don't you? When you see that happening, and we, we've had a history of it, haven't we? You know, yeah. over the years of great players coming through, and we've got a few now that are on the verge. I mean, one of them has tonight, obviously playing for England, and um, well, Ainsley as well. Um, and we've got a few others that are on the verge of a similar maybe path as well. Which it's, it's great for us as fans as well, isn't it? But you know. Unfortunately, they don't all make it, do they? As much as we want them all to, they don't always all no. do they? And it's a shame, and that's the reality of it, really. And, you know, I say until Smith Rowe gets his time, his chance, we're not actually really going to know where he, where his career at Arsenal can go. Let's hope he gets the chance and he does it. But sure. at this moment in time, we'll have to see, because he, he does. If, like, you were, if you were him, if you were Smith Rowe, what would you have on the back of your shirt? Would you have Emil or would you have Smith Rowe? I wouldn't have a meal, no. I'd, I'd have some oh. bro, I think. I think yeah. I might go for your meal. Would you? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Mind you, party has got Thomas, hasn't he? So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I got, that, that, that I don't like. That's a shame, that is. Yeah, it is a shame, yeah. What a ruined opportunity, putting Thomas on the back of your shirt. I don't know, yeah. You'd have party, wouldn't you? Party yeah. time. Party yeah, time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. 100%. Also, given, given, given having that have Thomas on it, but number four. Charging through the midfield. <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah, yeah. that's You wouldn't play him in a, in a four, in a three-four-three, would you? You'd have to or be a, a four-three-three. Yeah, yeah, or a four-three-four, four-two-three-one, four-two-three-one as well. Yeah. suit suit it yeah. really well. Yeah, there's a similar yeah. problem. What Özil's had, he's not going to fit into the system that we've been playing because he's of his position that he plays in his role in the, the team. The thing is, the, what's just real shame about this window? The one thing that's slightly holding me back as well. Um, is the fact that we, when we got Sabios back, we haven't got an obligation or an agreement to buy him. Uh, that's that is just yeah. such a shame, don't you think? Because it, it, he's not our player, and it, it doesn't mean we won't be able to sign him. Though, no, does but, it? but the but, thing is, yeah. we, he's he. You can see the development he's had already under Arteta. He's a, he's a, he's a quality player now, and we his development he's going to have had under Arteta for two two full seasons. It's going to it's going to be putting his price up massively for next summer. And that's the problem. Because mm. we were offered him, weren't we, for £22.5 um, in the summer, if we could have bought him outright. They, that's what they said mm. the price was. If he has mm. another great season, which he, yeah, he's, he's clearly going to have another great season, and that could be at least double, if not more, next summer. That's a real shame, isn't it? it I think we're going to improve him. Arteta's going to improve him to such a state where we're not going to be able to afford him next summer. That's my worry. <laughs> No, seriously, that's my worry because it's, it, it could be priced out of the market. So Tobias uh, is a bit of a weird one for me because I, I, don't get me wrong, I like him. I really, really, really do like him, and I'd love to see us sign him. But he's a bit of a weird midfielder, and he's not really, he's not, he's not a forward, he's not a number ten or anything like that, and he's not a, he's certainly well, not a defensive midfielder. He's more that box to box kind of. He's been held back. That's yeah. the problem. He's been held back because he's had to drop deep and. Uh, because of the, the players and the squad that we've got and had, um, it, that's the role he's had to play. But he yeah. is, he'd be much more suited to pushing up a little bit. Not, not like a number 10, but um, 
as an attacking eight, you know, playing really from the, from the mm. centre circle. He might get say. more freedom now with party, mightn't he? He'd yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing. It, yeah. it will it will make a massive... Do you not understand the difference our party is going to make? It's, it's yeah. going to make... It's going to be... Able, it's going to free so many more players just by having him on the pitch. Yeah. Because uh, we're going to mm. feel so much more secure. Um, so, yeah, he could release the BIOS to be that... That's why just be a lot more expressive um, on the ball. So yeah, I think it's it's a shame. That's really annoyed me because I think he, when he runs, he's he's like uh, he really reminds me of Robert Perez when because he's got that gait with his feet. Yeah, his feet he's, slightly, yeah, slightly stick out. Yeah, yeah. yeah running style, isn't it? Uh, he's just got Arsenal running through his veins already. I think Gasabas. He's a proper gooner, isn't he? And I, I just hate the fact that. We have to give him back in the summer and can't afford to buy him back. That would really piss me off. Mm, yeah, and, yeah, and Real Madrid will get a player that's twice the player that he was when he first uh, signed well, for that, us on loan two seasons ago. But that's part of the advantage of just sending the players on loan, isn't it? That you hope they're going to come back a better yeah. player. Like El Nenny, yeah. maybe come back a slightly better player because he's played for a full year and had that kind of game time. So it probably works both ways, I guess, maybe a little bit. But, yeah, I, I agree. If we, we need to be able to try and keep him if we can. But let's see how he gets on this season. I mean, he's got the potential to have a great season, hasn't he? And like you said, now he can, yeah. he's got more freedom. We should have more freedom, I think, now with, with Partey in there. So we'll see how that develops for the rest of the season. But perfect, it'd be... Um, uh, perfect partner for Partey. If we, if we, if we have a yeah. three, having uh, Xhaka at the moment on the left, Sobios slightly ahead, and then Partey on the right as a midfield free diamond would be absolutely great but longer mm. term if we even if we play a midfield two Sabayas and Partey they really complement each other really well as well because of their skill sets and they're I mean, both, now, both completely press resistant and I mean Sam kind of makes that point there a bit what, um, what uh, Paul was saying before about he's a unique sort of player isn't he he's not one mm. or, or another you couldn't say he's a defensive mid or he's an attacking mid he's kind of quite unique isn't he because he does bits yeah. of everything really he's got that about him hasn't he which is great because he's so adds a lot to the game when he, yeah. he can do roles in any game can't he so I mean I'm quite excited to see how that's going to work the midfield is going to work now going forward for the rest of the season actually mm. so um be, be really be really interesting to see um how that works well if we don't wrap up now anyway so just um Thanks for you guys for, for joining me tonight. It's been great, actually. Um, you know, we, we went over quite a lot of stuff as well. Maybe we hadn't planned to, which is always nice. Obviously, we had Andrew's loving with Smith Rowe. Which Sorry, yeah. I, I, really, I mean, I can't believe the amount of time we've been going on. It's flown by. Absolutely flown by, isn't it? Two and a half hours. But no, yeah, been, so, sorry about my unexpected rant, but I really feel passionate about no, that. No, it's, it's good. And I say, hopefully, you'll be proved right. That'd be fantastic. I'm sure we'll all we'll hope that you are. Um, I still think that the jury's out a little bit at this moment in time, I will say. Um, so I say thanks for you guys for joining me. Paul, where can people find you on uh, social media and, and all that kind of stuff? Assuming you want to be found. <laughs> no, not the moment. <laughs> um, over on Twitter at the minute. Um, you can see my handle there at Dorsey's Grace the one. Um, I am considering doing a bit of YouTube myself, so I'll uh, I'll keep you guys updated with that. Uh, Richard, I've already picked your brain a little bit about setting it up and kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, just over it, just over at Twitter at the moment. So yeah, come and drop me a follow. Yeah, fantastic. Um, uh, and Ryan, yourself, obviously, I know I've been on your channel quite a lot, but where can people find you? <laughs> obviously, as you said, you've been on my channel a lot. I'm, I'm here on YouTube with the Mister Arsenal podcast. You can also find me on Twitter at Mister Arsenal eighty nine. And yeah, thanks for having me on. 
No, thanks for coming on. It's been it's been great. Uh, and of course, Andrew as well. I so you're becoming a bit of a regular these days. <laughs> Where can people find you? Um, at From Dial Square on Twitter and uh, From Dial Square to Wear YouTube channel. Please give it a, a subscribe and a you know like the videos so we can all help each other out and mm. get seen. There's no competition, like I keep saying on Twitter. There's no competition as far as I'm concerned. I'm always happy to help anyone else out. And I think we all, you know, we're all part of the mm. one family, aren't we? And uh, yeah, room, yeah exactly. room, room enough for everyone. And uh, but yeah, I wouldn't uh, get Richard's advice on the thingy on thingy though because he, he's using the screen share for, for his videos and he shouldn't be doing that. Like. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm learning. But, um, I'm, I'm learning. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'll show. You, I'll show you if you want to wait afterwards. I'll tell you what to do. But yeah, no, it's been. A, I really, I really enjoy being on with you, and I really appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. No, no, thanks for coming. Thanks for everyone in the chat as well. Obviously, Sam and, and Cam, who sort of Sam and Cam are quite. Uh, that'll be a new. Uh, that'll be a new group. Then too, I think need to need to need to get a group going. Uh, DWDT, of course, was in the chat as well. There's been quite a few people in tonight. So thanks for Winston, of course, as usual. Um, Josh, as well, earlier on was in as well. So thanks for everyone for watching. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you do, please subscribe to the channel as well. Um, lots of good stuff coming up. I've actually got. Um, um, and an ex-Arsenal player coming on at some point next week. Um, I'll reveal who that is going to be later on. But that was, hopefully that'll be next week. I'm still trying Please to get... Please let it be Gus Caesar. Please let it be <laughs> Gus Caesar. <laughs> You'll find out, won't you? It might, it might be Gus Caesar. It might not be. be. It's a player who, who played for Arsenal and you know had a career elsewhere as well. So I'm quite excited about that. That's coming up. I'll say hopefully next week, but it'll certainly be within the next couple of weeks as well. Um, and I'm sure we'll get another um, positive Arsenal podcast going as well. Maybe after the Man City game, maybe, or, or maybe just before. I'll see how, how things are. I know you guys are all busy as well, so um, we'll see. But uh, I'd say stay tuned for all of that, and I'm sure uh, that would be good stuff coming up as well. So I'll say thanks, everyone, for watching. Thanks for you guys as well. Hope you've enjoyed it. Say Thank you, Cam. You. Thank you, Cam, my brother from another mother, Emil Smith, yeah. my brother. He certainly, uh, he certainly likes uh, and Sam, and Sam. Yeah, Mel Smith Rose Band Club will have to call you too. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Cheerleader, which, which has been good. So there's a couple of little comments just at the end there. There's people that are, that are sort of just going. So yeah, thanks everybody. So thanks for all that. And I say subscribe to my channel if you haven't. Give this a thumbs up as well if you haven't done so already. If you enjoyed it. Could I say one more, one more very, 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 very thing on my, on my YouTube channel yesterday? I had uh, Bernard Butler on my show, which was really yes, good. that was um, a great. Day. That was a really nice uh, chat with, with him. Uh, great guitarist and great gooner as well. So check it out if you haven't seen it. Yeah, no, it was a good show. I watched that live yesterday. It was brilliant. So, yeah, definitely go and watch that back because uh, he's a bit of a legend, Bernard, isn't he? I didn't realise he was an Arsenal fan, mm. actually. Yeah, what, yeah. What a legend. Lovely guy as well, wasn't he? So yeah, that, 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 that really was nice really guy. great. Yeah, no, he is, yeah. So that's a great show. That. So, yeah, definitely watch that mm. if you haven't already because uh, that would be brilliant. So... Thanks a lot, guys, and I say we'll speak to you again soon. And uh, as always, come on, you Gunners! Come on, come on you Gunners! Come on, I hate yeah. international breaks. I hate international breaks. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we all hate. Cheers, guys.